I think my co-host might have taken this song a little too literal already tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bruliana Show. Tonight we have in 15 min- or in eight minutes from now, Stephen Quadros, the Fight Professor, and then in about 25 minutes from now we have Bellator uh, contender King Mo, the original money weight. I am Aaron True, 2010 MMA Reporter of the Year nominee, known for my hijinks, getting beat up by Ronda Rousey, Verdum, many others. Joined to my right by the hit star of the show Kingdom and a guy who has many other products in his hand. Uh, he's a commentator for several promotions in Southern California and one of the editors of a Clinch Report. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan King. To my left, our audiovisual engineer, a jiu-jitsu practitioner and Muay Thai practitioner, and a cage-side photographer. He is the Mad Hatter, Adrian Gallegos. We have an incredible show tonight. The Fight Professor, King Mo. Well, let's get right into it. And we'll get further into it later on the show, but... First, actually, we'll go into, Adrian, we're going to do your beer of the week before we get into the Conor McGregor thing, because we always start with the beer getting refreshed, but tonight we have Conor McGregor talk, UFC 197, UFC 200, tons of stuff. Adrian, take it away, beer of the week. So um, this week for the beer of the week is from Green Flash. It's called Soul Style APA. I'm going to go ahead and open it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, actually, John, can you talk about the beer? You just tried my beer recently, so talk about uh, how you had the, some of my beer recently and how, how it tasted. Uh, the beer that you gave me? With the steak. Oh, my God. Uh, he gave me a bottle, the one that he brewed himself. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. It's my fault. Man down. We have D- a man down. We broke a glass, but I, I can get two more of those. There's a piper down. I can get two more of them. There's a piper down. Wait, no, hold on. I don't want the warm one. That's the cold one. It's in my hand, the cold no, one. No, they gave you a warm one. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. We just got on the no air, way. boys. Come on. This one's ice cold, the one in my hand. Sorry about that, Adrian, with the glass. I'll get you two more. I Luckily, there's two more that I never picked up from, for you like weeks ago. Yeah, so anyway, I'm a huge... Sorry about that, guys. We had a man down. We had a... I'm a huge New York Islander fan, and the Islanders in the playoffs, Islander New, uh, NHL playoffs, and Adrian gave me one of his beers, and it was the right time. I had a nice filet mignon, nice stuffed baked potato, but dude, his beer complemented it so well. Had a nice, like, pi- almost like a piney, fruity taste. It, it, delicious finish. Um, I mean, he warned me, you know, any homebrew to, to not drink Cheers. all the way to the bottom. How but drink some of that one? I did it anyway because oh, it was oh, so good. Oh, Is this the same kind of beer? Is it's that? the same kind of beer. It's, a, it's an IPA. Uh, this one uses uh, Citra, Simcoe, and uh, I believe Cascade hops. So the Citra is going to be a little bit piney. Oh, go ahead and cheers. cheers to another episode. I believe episode 28. Yeah. Sorry about the disruption, guys. We had a glass down, a beer glass down. And with this hot weather, it's going to... Um, it should uh, quench your thirst in some ways. It's a kind of, a, again, yeah. citrus. Very grapefruit. similar. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. It's so hot out right now. It's debilitating, but it feels good now, and that actually is refreshing. Yeah. And it is piney, and it's grapefruity. It kind of just tastes a little bit like yours, and you, you just told me, luckily, because I'm not a beer connoisseur. I'm not, I don't know much about beer, only what I've learned from you pretty much. I've been saving the bottle you gave me, like protecting it like, like the – what's that thing where they search for in Indiana Jones? 
the Holy Grail. I've been protecting the, it like the, the Holy because I don't watch that stuff. Yeah. But Indiana Jones, I watched recently, was pretty cool. They're pro- I'm protecting it like the Holy Grail. But you said don't wait too long because it might spoil. No, but it's too. I'm. I need to save it for the right occasion. It's so good. Well, ten percent. It's not that it's going to spoil. It's just that the oils from the hops that are are extracted right through the whole process. They start they to they, they they start to evaporate and they you lose. The, well, not evaporate, but they just go stale. And so it's not as vibrant as it is right off. The, they, they actually have beers where you they tell them you where you should drink it by. They have an expiration date. I had so. I was worried about that same thing. I was like, is this the right time to drink it? But With then the when steak, I had it, dude, I was the like, way dude, you look like so good. The way you had so it good. and the reasons, just the timing looked perfect. Oh, it was great. all right, guys. Now so there's one in overtime. Too, we have about way. four minutes before Quadro, so I say we cut a four minute promo, keep it strict to the point, and we each give our speculation, our reason for. Why Dana White, or excuse me, why Conor McGregor is off UFC 200? I'll start. Conor McGregor announces retirement. Dana White says he's off UFC 200. Today, Dana White said it's not about money at all. It's strictly because of media. Conor did not want to do the media obligation. So if it's true that Conor didn't want to go to Vegas, then you have to go into more speculation. Does he need to train? Is he taking the fight that serious? Is he just over the travel? Or. People are saying, is he trying to avoid USADA? My guess, personally, is... Hmm. I don't know what to say. I think it's a balk. I think he's just trying to pull a power move and wants them to come to him. I think that uh, Dana White said if he apologizes and wants to do the media, the fight's back on. I think last minute, Conor McGregor shows up and he the fight is back on UFC 200. What do you think? I think it's very much the way it's playing out in the media so far. I think... Uh I you know I think Connor's watched one too many Rocky Four movies, and he feels like in order to come back, <laughs> he's got to lock himself in Iceland and lift rocks and pull Russians around in the snow or something. I don't know. I'm not buying it. You know what I mean? I'm glad that the UFC is doing what they're doing. They're pulling. I think they should go one step further and say, "Hey, you announced your retirement. You're making it official." The fight between Edgar and, uh, excuse me, the fight between um, yeah, Aldo and, and, and uh, Frankie is now for the Well, right after you, you texted me that, I watched the video with him on Colin Cowherd, and he said Connor needs to make a decision real quick because if he is retired, the fight with Edgar and Aldo is for the belt. Yeah, Uncle Dana listens to me every once in a while, you know? <laughs> so No, I, I agree. I don't think, you, first of all, no promotion is bigger than the sport. And uh, no fighter is bigger than the promotion. So uh, as much as Conor McGregor was going to make, I've he- I heard tale that he was about to make $10 million for this That's something to me last fight, supposedly, too. So, so And $5 million versus Aldo, that's, according to Joe Rogan. That's, that's unbelievable. So uh, he, he's leaving a lot of money on the table. He's not retired. I, I looked up the definition of retired. And uh, I think it's the second definition. It says when you leave an event early. We talked about that. Like yeah. in a tennis match, if you pull yeah. a hamstring, you retire from the match. You, oh, right, right. He's not retired from working. Like my dad, when he, my dad retired from teaching, John King, thank you. I love you. Shout out to my dad. Sub Johnny he's, King. He stopped working. Right. You know, right. like yeah. he's been retired since 1994 and he has not worked since. So he retired. He ceased working. I don't think Conor McGregor ceased working. Um, and I don't think well today there was a picture of him on Instagram training at the gym with all the guys Uh, Adrian what do you think you know I I I think that some of it is posturing on his end that he's trying to see what boundaries he has with the UFC 
Um, I think that um, I don't think it's about money. I mean, Dana would have said would have blasted him if it was about money. You know, he said uh, flat out it's not. Yeah, I think it, it may have been a combination of things. Maybe he just saw that guy pa- pass away. He was ringside for that. You know, that's maybe, what I thought originally. Yeah, maybe another thing that he he really wants to prepare and he feels that this 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 media tour or whatever it is may uh, may hurt him and he's really really like trying to dedicate as much as possible. I think the other thing I wanted to bring up was the point that some people were speculating that he's trying to leave and start his own promotion or any of that. You know, people forget about what happened with Couture and the UFC. And you can't just leave the contract and it doesn't expire. When you retire, it actually freezes the uh, the contract. And you, you have a certain amount of fights you got to do no matter what. And if you... Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to mention, and if you, uh, if you don't do those fights or whatever, you retired, again... It, it freezes, and if you get go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. Well, because I talked to Clinch about this earlier, and Clinch, what did you say? Because remember, I said people are claiming, oh, he's going to go to the WWE or do something else. And what did you have to say? Yeah, guys like Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey, they have they have unique contracts where they're making so much money, and and they have contracts to do stuff outside of the UFC to make money in movies and stunts and stuff like that. Um, but the UFC can control their physicality i believe and by that i mean excuse me i got a frog in my throat like when ronda was at uh wrestlemania i remember hearing that she wasn't allowed to take any bumps meaning she's not allowed to get knocked down she's not allowed to get slammed if she's going to do anything in an outside of an appearance it's she's going to be giving a bump so 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 adrian to finish it off before we have quadros on what uh, is your final opinion? You think it's that maybe he was affected by the death, or he's pushing the boundaries? Is I, he avoiding a sada? I think it's a combination of things, and I think he's also, like I said, posturing. I think he's testing the limits of the UFC, and he's also, you know, thinking that he's bigger than the organization. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't think he's retired. I think that money's always going to be there for him. It's kind of like a pawn store, you know. They always offer you that money, and it's not going to go away, especially because he's still popular. Mm-hmm. So. Dana, though, he has a point. He said, you know, we need to do this the press tour. No one does not do the press tour. He said even there's a video of Mike Tyson where he's there for an hour straight YouTube video where he says 100 different channels. This is Mike Tyson. Watch my fight tonight on HBO. This is Mike Tyson. Watch my fight tonight on Showtime. This is Mike Tyson, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you got to do it. Everyone has to do it. It's part of the game. So I, I honestly think that he's saying – He's sending a message. UFC 200 is bigger than Conor McGregor, as big as Conor is, and he was very respectful. The event, as you guys said as well, is bigger than him. He didn't piss him off. I think it's a power move. It's obviously, you know, the troll wants to say, "Oh, he's avoiding Usada. He wants more money, this or that." But I think he honestly puts money in the training camp. He has partners there. He has coaches there. He's on a schedule. He's on routine. He needs to improve to win this fight. He's taking it serious. He was taking it serious, and he just didn't want to do the media. He's tired of traveling and doing the circus. And Eventually, sh- everyone gets tired of it. And a shout-out to the guys in the oil checkers thread. You know, could be a possibility. You can't take this out of the equation. Connor could be searching for a new coach to play touch butt in the park. That could be also one of the issues. Yeah, so. I feel bad because his quality of training partners, although they are technically some UFC caliber, I was thinking about it, and Nate's right. Who's he training with? He's in Iceland. He's a, he. <laughs> this is so funny. Adrian, uh, he hates uh, talking to people he doesn't know, strangers, and he has to call the guest in. All right, we're about to bring on an absolute legend, a pioneer of the sport for his contribution as a judge in the early UFCs, his contribution in journalism, as a commentator. He is literally 
a living legend, a guy who's seen it all from the dark ages to the current day events. Ladies and gentlemen, an absolute pleasure to have on tonight the fight professor, Stephen Quadros. Professor, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Wow, man. Such an intro. I feel hot. Do you take cash or a check? or what, 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 <laughs> How much do I owe you? Well, thank you for coming on. This is Aaron True, joined also by uh, someone you know, Jonathan uh, King and Adrian Gallegos. Uh, mm -hmm. Stephen, this is something that uh, you're going to probably laugh at. I really enjoy the Dark Ages and the earlier UFC events. So I was re-watching, starting from UFC 1, uh, two weeks ago just for fun and I think it was UFC 6 was that the one in Puerto Rico or was it 8 that was you it was actually UFC 8 okay so I was watching UFC 8 and they introduced the judges and they say from Black Belt Magazine Stephen Quadros yeah so back in the day it was people who were actually experts and who were qualified based on being an expert who were judges now it's you know people you know you're friends with somehow you get on the commission whatever do you think it was better back in the day with having people like yourself versus uh, the way the commission is now? Yeah. Well, the, the difference was there was no commission back then. And, of course, that was something that a lot of people didn't like. And John McCain was shut the whole ball of wax down. Of course, now he's glowing and praising. And, you know, it's funny how much a couple of decades make. But um, I, I was, uh, at the time, I, I wasn't with Black Belt yet. The other judge was uh, Robert Evans, Robert uh, Young, who's the editor of Black Belt. I was with the Kickboxing Ring Report, and we had a website. And, you know, with a name like Kickboxing Ring Report, you think, well, where did this newbie come in with K-1 and stuff? Well, we, all, we also had, upon my urging, MMA rankings, which at the time were called No Holds Barred. And, you know, they wanted me to be a judge for the next one, UFC 9, where Don Fly came back and beat Omri Batech, and a bunch of other shenanigans happened. But I booked a TV job, so I couldn't make it. And, you know, then... It was it was a natural because back then the UFC was kind of really thinking about grooming me to be a commentator because they they had a really great uh, grappling base with Jeff Blatnick who was a gold medalist he was doing the commentary at, at that time and they needed somebody to balance it out I think it was before they got down Don Wilson no actually no Don was there but they they were thinking about uh, grooming me but then K1 came knocking and of course Pride came knocking but that was in 1996. In Bayamon, Puerto Rico, Don Fry beat Gary Goodridge in the finals. And, of course, in the super fight, Chemo lost to Ken Shamrock. Yeah, I mean, wow. Wow. What was it like, though, having to hold up the card? I forget what fight it was. I think it was a Paul Varlin's fight where it went to a decision, yeah. and all three of you agreed, and it was based off of one round, or it's based off of the fight in general. Did you like mm -hmm. the way it was scored back then and how it was scored in Pride, where you score the fight overall versus the round and the point system? Well, there, there can be something said about those uh, kind of criteria because when you add up all, everything nice and neat, like, you know, a, a point system, sometimes you lose what actually happened inside the ring. But I've been making a case lately with they've got these punch stats and they can measure the hard shots and the, and the soft shots, but they don't even need judges anymore because the judges are going to say what they say and then they're going to go to the punch stat, and it's going to invariably prove the judges wrong by numerics. So everybody's going to complain that the judges don't know anything. It's the same boo-hoo, sob, sob, get out the Kleenex, you know, whatever. But it's, it's like a thing where there's no perfect system. Uh, in the early days be before, there were no judges at the, the early UFCs. There, and then Hoist Gracie and, and Dan Severn went past the, the time limit, so they had to start having judges. You know, and there's no perfect system. I think a, a combination of the both of the two. I, I like the 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 pride 
judging. Obviously, I was there, and I, I was there during the heyday and things. But it's like I think the 10-point must system has some merit also. I believe in a, a morphing of the two systems together. That would be the perfect thing. But you have to go back, and you have to restart over again. A lot of people don't want to change. Now, Stephen, Jonathan here, you, you were at – you pretty much – you were at the signing of the Declaration of Independence for crying out loud for our sport – you were in, in the beginning stages of the UFC at some of the best pride fights ever. And we talked a little bit earlier just now about the, the progression of the judging. What about the progression of the fighters themselves? Um, have you noticed, do, you, do you find the fights more entertaining now with the mixing of the styles, the hybrid athletes like Rory McDonald? Or, or were you more entertained back then with the, with the, with the singular and function, the guys like Chemo that were there, there just for destruction or, or uh, you know, the, the evolution of Fedor? Um, what was more entertaining for you? Well, that's a general and broad stroke question, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Because <laughs> there's, no, there's no one size that fits all, and you can't say all those fights, because there were some sucky fights back then. There were some really bad fights uh, that people forget those. It's like, uh, you know, people tell me, oh, in the 60s and 70s, the music was so much better. Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and blah, blah. And I thought, man, you don't remember. There was a lot of shitty bands back then, too. But in, <laughs> in, 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 in the Pride days, you know, if you go back and watch all the Pride shows, there were some really horrible fights. But there was also some great fights as well. And you can't really say all the fights then versus all the fights now. That's a little bit too simplistic. That's like something, you know, a presidential camp campaigner would say to try and get votes if he's campaigning in somebody's backyard. But what it is now, there has been definitely an evolution because now everybody knows everything and everybody's much more accomplished. And what the, that does, unfortunately, is generally it makes fights fairly predictable. We don't see anything wild or new because everybody knows everything. So that's one downside, especially with shows like The Ultimate Fighter, where all these fighters are training together and they show each other their secrets. That pretty soon they all started looking and acting and training and fighting the same. Whereas back in the day when you had, you know, Emmanuel Yarborough versus Daiju Takase, you know, and it was like a 200-pound difference or whatever it was, it, it was it was kind of a freak show. And it was more exciting because you didn't know what was going to happen. I think that was the, the glamour about some of the early UFCs. You didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I remember watching the first UFC live in my living room on pay-per-view with a friend of mine from New York who was a boxer. And he was into boxing and the raps and Marvin Hagler and all, you know, all this kind of stuff, which I was a boxing historian too. But I said, hey, let's watch this. And he's watching that first fight between Gerard Gardot, who weighed about 220, against Taylor Tulia, who was a sumo wrestler from Hawaii, and he weighed 400-plus pounds. And he just looked at me when the fight was over, and he said, you're sick. I said, why? This is conclusive. We're <laughs> boxing now, it's all political and everything. So it's hard to answer just general broad-stroke questions, but there's good and bad to both eras. Uh, I've got to ask you something that's obviously in the news right now. Conor McGregor claiming that he's retired. Dana White saying he's out of UFC 200. We've got to get your opinion on this. What do you think, Professor? Well, no one knows the real reason. Um... I tried to reach out to Nate to get his thing, but, you know, he's, you know, Nate doesn't get back a lot, but uh, I don't know Connor. I haven't ever met uh, Connor, but, you know, I know Nate and Nick because they used to commentate on their spikes way back in WEC days. But it's a thing where you think, okay, no one knows, so we can only speculate. Mm -hmm. one, thing, one thing I do know for sure, 
in my opinion, is that Nate Diaz with a full training camp would have been a really bad match for Conor McGregor. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get a lot harder because Nate's going to figure out how to slip that left hand. Now, but that's not, I'm not saying that's the reason why. Hopefully it isn't the reason why. There may be contract negotiations going on behind the scenes because Conor McGregor is a very shrewd guy. But to pull out and to retire is a high-risk situation. Um, you know, he went in to the Nate Diaz fight. He was going to clean out the lightweight division. He was going to move up, and he's going to beat Robbie Lawler. And blah, blah, blah. Let's hold it down on the Robbie Lawler thing now, because you just got beat by Nate Diaz. Yeah. You almost got knocked out. You dove in for the takedown, and then you, and you, and you tapped out. Fine. You know, Conor McGregor is a very good fighter. I think it wasn't going to get any easier for It's a very hard matchup. Edgar, to me, would beat Conor McGregor, in my opinion. Nate Diaz would beat Conor McGregor again, in my thing. So I'm not exactly sure. I've heard people say, oh, well, it's because he failed the drug test. Well, no one has any conclusive evidence of that. You know, uh, I think it's, you know, everybody's saying in public, well, no, it's not about money. Well, yeah, but people said certain things shall we say, white lies to kind of buy time until they can get everything sorted out. But Conor McGregor, at this point, is a big, big star in the UFC. The, there was a lot of hype from their PR department saying, Muhammad Ali. I said, not quite, bro. <laughs> yeah. Not quite. So do you think he'll that he's off 200 for sure, that he's there's no way he's coming back for 200 at least? I don't know. I, I have no crystal ball, but I did see that John Jones said he'd, he'd be totally down to fight, and that would be perfect timing because it was, should Cormier come back and not be injured, you know, because John Jones is a huge draw, you know, and uh, obviously he's trying to get back in, but uh, I, I just don't know because I don't have any way to speculate and to write a check my ass can't cash on this particular one because I don't have any hard, concrete evidence one way or the other why he's out. If somebody, if he came out and said, here's the reason. I'm pissed, I want more money, or I, I got busted for you know a drug test, or I just don't think I can beat these guys anymore, and I want to keep my mental functions, which are, they're, they're all leg, you know, legitimate things if they and it'd be true, but we don't know any of those things. We know nothing. All we know is one tweet, and it was kind of like a cryptic tweet. It wasn't, listen, I'm, st- I'm retiring 100% for sure. It was kind of like a sarcastic kind of weird kind of tweet. You know, he's playing the angles, but it could do him damage if he tries to come back now because he's going to be on his heels a little bit psychologically. Yeah, I think he's playing semantics, and, and uh, the semantics game's going to end real quick when that uh, title loses its interim tag. <laughs> and uh, officially he's you know no longer a, a champion. I think that'll be the, the end. But i got to ask you yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, before you ask me another question, uh, see, my problem now is that the UFC is creating these stars. Fine, okay. He beat Aldo. We can't. We can't. You know. We can't uh, dispute that. But now it's like, well, I'm going to jump up here. I'm going to go over here. Well, wait a minute. Is it a sport or is it not a sport? Do you have rankings? And if so, do they even mean anything? I, my opinion is they don't mean anything because title shots come from Twitter followers and from being on a TV show, a reality TV show, Dancing on the Stars, or wherever it is. You know, that's how you get into there so you can get more eyes to watch the thing. It's, so it's not really like the other sports because the criteria to get a title shot and these guys like Aldo and Frank Edgar and all these guys are waiting, waiting, waiting. They deserve a shot at the title, one, two, three. But 
this guy has got so much power, he can just jump over to this weight and I can do the fights I want. So the UFC is creating stars, but they're losing control of their sport. Yeah, and I think that's trending throughout, and, and that's what I was just going to ask. It's kind of trending throughout the sport as a whole. If you look on the other side of the coin now at Bellator, you have you have real talented young fighters, guys like Pat Curran, Michael Chandler, Ill Will Brooks. Some of these guys haven't fought in months, and yet you have Kimbo Slice, who's coming up on his second fight, which, by the way, sandwiches a failed drug test for performance enhancers. It, it just seems to me like all the promotions now are promoting the freak show instead of promoting the fighter. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, do you think that's something that's sustainable? No. Uh, I think that they're going to, it's going to be, it's like somebody doing day trading. You, you're going to have good days, but the next day you could lose your whole life savings, you know, and there's, there's high risk. Uh, obviously, the UFC and Bellator have huge bank accounts behind them. UFC basically is a self-funded organization owned by their own guys, so they can pretty much do whatever they want. But Bellator is owned by a corporation, Viacom, Spike TV, wherever you know the money goes. And so what you have, see, the problem is this. It's too late to go back and create a sport. Uh, the fight game has always been like this. So if you, if you go to the history of boxing, there's always been subtle manipulation. Roy Jones fought for the quote, World Heavyweight Championship. He didn't fight Klitschko. He fought a guy named John Ruiz. So he technically got a world championship in heavyweight. So he could say, yeah, I was a heavyweight champion. But you still think, well, hmm, huh? What? Who's, who's the champion? It gets really confusing. The fight game, that's the problem with the fight game. That's why you know, they'll put all – it's like being a professional gambler. Um, you can't go back. Let, let's say – the NFL decided one year after all the playoffs and the Super Bowl was set, it was the Cleveland Browns who a lot of people thought, well, they're not really that popular against the New England Patriots, but the Miami Dolphins barely lost to the Cleveland Browns. And then the commissioner stepped in and said, you know what? We're going to put the Miami Dolphins in because they're popular. We'll get to the Cleveland Browns. We'll pay them an extra bonus. Or whatever. That's, if once you do that one time, the sport is tainted. And so that's what happens with the, with the fight game is people leapfrog over these rankings and it's too late. You can't ever go back to a structure again. So I understand that, you know, they're trying to, you know, get their fair-haired champions you know, again, but it's not quite working out with them with, you know, Ronda getting beat, Sage Northside getting beat, you know, uh, you know, Paige Van Zandt getting beat, and now Conor McGregor getting beat. It's all the people that they're trying to create as stars are – falling by the wayside, and they, they they have to go back to Frankie Edgar versus Jose Aldo. Okay, we're going to make that a real title fight. Oh, gosh, thank you for letting them, quote, save the day. <laughs> right. Uh, Professor, before I let you go, I've got to get your opinion on something. My co-host, Jonathan, nonstop for the past several weeks, has been talking about how my life's complete. I've crossed off my bucket list. He got to call a fight with you at a local show a few weeks ago that you stepped in the, mm-hmm. into the booth with him for one fight, and it was one of the best experiences of his life. How was it for you to call a fight with my co-host, Jonathan King? Oh, God. Uh, it, it was fun. I mean, I, you know, I'm doing Jonathan, you know, for a while, you know, around the scene and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's basically doing, you know, what I used to do back in the 90s when I had, I was a magazine editor and, you know, a lot of the newer, quote, journalists, unquote, of today, which a lot of them are just cheerleaders, basically. But, you know... Uh, they still they do their work and they're trying to make their their way and you know they obviously move into broadcasting because 
commentating, in my opinion, is a form of journalism. That's what we're doing. It's not just cheerleading. UFC is number one. Connor, anybody could do that. You can get a freaking monkey to do that. You know. But what we're doing is telling the truth as much as possible. It was a good experience because Jonathan was respectful, and the fight was. You know, the guys were young and hungry. They're, they're not ready for. You know, maybe the Ultimate Fighter or something, which was debuting tonight. I was watching it before you guys called, but uh, you know, it was fun because Jonathan, you know, he's a good kid, and you know, I wish him the best. And thank you for being so complimentary of me because I've been in the game for a long time, and you know, I, I've had a, a very good run and a lot of you know fun being on the the UFC Undisputed Three video game with Boston and Pride Mode, and you know commentating for glory kickboxing and but now i'm kind of pursuing my acting career more and more you know the fight game is is great and everything but it's getting to where it's it's i think it's on the verge of a correction as you would say in the stock market because now it's kind of plateauing now they're throwing kimball out there who i know and i know kevin i got nothing against kevin he's not the guy because What's he going to do? Say, no, you're going to pay me all this money, put me back on TV? Oh, no, I don't want to do that because I'm high-minded over here. No, he's a, he's a mercenary. He's a professional fighter. So it's not really the fighter necessarily that's the problem. Sometimes it's the people behind the scenes that create these dilemmas. But, yeah, working with Jonathan was great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, dropping some knowledge on the show, giving us your opinion on hot topics and topics of the past. This has been an absolute pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Stephen, the fight professor, Quadros. Thank you for your time. We Thanks really appreciate so much. it. That was really fun. Thank, thank you. Thank you for, so much for having me. All right. Have a great night. That was thank awesome. You, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Mr. Quadros is a guy who, anytime I see him at an event, he always takes time to stop, smile, say hi, and chat with you for a minute. He's always a nice guy, and I've always appreciated that uh, about him, that he's been approachable, and he's always been friendly and greeted people with a smile. Yeah, he, he really is. Like I said, he's, he's an OG in the game. Uh, it's not a lot of people that know half as much as he, do's, he does in the sport. <laughs> of did you just, why did you just say that? I don't know. It's, it's, 420. it's 420, guys. Give me a break. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he, he's he's one of the he's one of the sharpest uh, one of the sharpest tools in the shed when it comes to uh, our sport. And it was an honor to call um, a fight with him. It really was. Uh, I'll never forget. I love it. guys cool. that are successful and have in a position of somewhat authority or just a high position where uh, they're humble and complimentary of other people when they don't have to be. That just says a lot about his character. Just what a nice guy. And that was so cool, the perspective he gave us about the old UFCs, his perspective about the Conor McGregor situation, uh, about the circus freak show sustainability. Ooh, I hear Adrian on the line with the original money weight. Uh-oh. <clears throat> For the original money weight. Oh. Uh-oh. We've got on someone with a huge fight coming up in San Jose against Phil Davis. He's, in my opinion, the original money weight with winning fights in multiple weight classes from day one. The one and only King Mo, Muhammad Lawal. Welcome to the show, King Mo. How you doing? I'm good. I'm sure, sure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. How's training going for the Phil Davis fight? Uh, yeah, everything's going good. Man. Let me clarify one thing. As far as the original money weight thing, I'm not the original money weight fighter. That's the pioneers. Like Horace Gracie was one. It's in Mark Hall. There many people that were doing the the weight class thing, fighting anybody, fighting about money before me. Um, I saw that interview, and because I like you can't credit me or Tom McGregor for that. And people just just the person that put the art, like you said, 
both said don't con- don't credit Conor McGregor. Well, I'm like, don't credit me or Conor. They just put D in there. You know what I'm saying? D Thomas fight when he's five. Um, BJ Penn. They guys have been fighting. Ben Lindner fight Fedor. They guys have fight. They have money way before me. I just called it anyway because there was no name for it. Well, when you say it, it sounds much cooler, and definitely, it's, it's a lot cooler when you say it. So, yeah. well, anyways, uh, you know, uh, Conor McGregor just retired. I don't know if you saw that or not. What do you think about that? That's it, really. You know, I I died to try, but who knows? Okay, and then uh, for Bellator, we were talk- I was texting you and uh, saying a lot of big names are, you know, moving over to Bellator and now trying to get in on something you already knew was a good thing a while back. You've been enjoying yourself at Bellator. They let you be yourself, show your personality. You do the TV commercials. You get paid well, uh, hopefully. I know you won the Ryzen tournament. You get to do fun stuff outside the cage. Why do you think people now are, when given the choice, leaving the UFC for Bellator? Is being able to have your own sponsors that big of a difference? I, said, I don't know what it is, but I think it's easy. You know, it's like it's, everybody's different, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, different opportunities. I don't know. I, you know, and I can't, everybody feels different, but, you know, who knows? Well, with the fight with Phil Davis coming up, that's a big time fight, and that obviously is going to determine who's going to be up for the title in your weight division. Uh, Phil Davis, he's a tough guy. What do you think he's going to bring to the cage, and what are you going to bring in against him? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, Joe's a good grappler, you know, long, like, you know, the uh, the way it comes down to it, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm long from, I'm long but short, um, I got power. I think it's going to be a fight, man. It's going to be a king, you know, you got power versus, um, scrambling, jiu-jitsu, so we're going to see what's up, what happens. Hey, Mo, what's up, man? You know what time it is right now, right? Yep, now you know, how you know. <laughs> you know what time, you know, you know the only time I chime in when you're on the air, baby. I got a question for you, man. You are the author of the Dick Riding Report, an original segment on our show. Has there been a recent recipient of the Dick Rider of the Month Award? Man, you know what? It, it's awkward because... I would say that all, but the, right now, there really isn't just yet. If you ask the nation now, I could give you an answer, but, you know, uh, not right now. Because, uh, you know, I, I saw, I thought, I thought, I thought we were going to have a three-time winner. I really did. Because a couple weeks ago, we, tried, we haven't talked to Mo in a while. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Mo and Tito got into it at an yeah, event. You know what? And I, I thought Tito, there was going to be a three-time like, winner. You know, but the thing is that I, I don't want to do that because three times when equal the amount of fights he's won in 10 years. So I want to try to tie it, okay? And so I, I want to keep him at two. You know what I'm saying? Because three times, you know, won three fights in 10 years. So I ain't trying to, for all that while they can, you know, they can win the award or something. But, you know, make him relevant. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to deal with that dude. He's a chump. I'll, play this. He's fighting him that's in the paper. That's why it's, it's close to me fighting, to fight him. Like, I'll, I'm going to pass on that. Hey, King Roy, this is Adrian here. I have a quick question for you. Um, I'm not sure if you saw Rashad's recent fight. I want to get your perspective on his career. Do you think he should retire? What is your you know, perspective on, on how he performed? Or, you know, what is his next step for him? I don't think he should retire. It's just that the layoffs hurt you. It's supposed to be an upper weight class. 
you know, and I felt two injuries. And I went through that ACL injuries and then come back fighting and so tough. Like, you know, to that fight. You know, then he trained for uh, Sugar and ended up getting Glover. You know, like, just night day. Glover is night day for Sugar, man. Like, Sugar's, Sugar's probably one of five times to a five, or Glover is a bonus five to a five, or they could talk about heavyweight as well. So, you know, Glover has been wrestling, you know, heavy hands. He has been chased Glover's well now, he's very experienced, you know, and for a shot to go from, from Sugar to Glover, that's a tough one. Um, um, Especially cut off a cut off a layoff plan. I think that's like one fight, two and a half years. That's how things don't face it, man. Yeah, it was tough to watch. All right, well, back to the Dick Ryan report. I'm good at solving mysteries, and I think I may have solved one. So we're going to talk hypothetical, a hypothetical situation. The open weight tournament got announced at Ryzen. Open weight eight-man tournament with Vandalay Silva so far as the only guy who's been confirmed. King Mo, you won. And Minowin. And Minowin, man. And Minowin, Okay. You won the inaugural open or inaugural heavyweight tournament. Hypothetically speaking, because I know you're worried about Phil Davis, nothing's been announced anywhere. Hypothetically, if you were to enter that eight-man tournament, who would you give the Dick Ryan report to at that point? Oh, shit. I actually, I mean, the first one said, we're going to put it down. You know what I'm saying? Once I win it, everybody that doubted me gets the Dick Ryan award. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I and I know we're not we're just speculating that it's been announced, but I know you are the man when it comes to open weight tournaments and when it comes to fighting overseas. King Mo is the man. Uh, it's basically you know people always joke and say, uh, um, you can't stop an Usada free so and so. You can't stop a King Mo with wrestling shoes. When you get to wear your shoes on the mat and you can do the power double, you are unstoppable because they have to worry about the takedown. You hit him with the big right hand left, ba 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 ba. Next thing you know, they're in Queer Street and you're holding the check at Rising and you got the chicks. Aaron, you ever try to put lightning in a jar? Come on, man. You can't do something like that. I don't know. Let me take something. Bob Coleman was like, oh, wear the shoes. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. You got to do it for a special. So I did it. And man, I'm going to do something. I don't train with shoes on. So it wasn't like boxing while stacked, boxing for other boxing. But man, let me tell you something. With the shoes on, I feel, I, feel, I love wearing shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I got to ask you, Adrian just asked you briefly a minute ago about uh, Rashad. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of rumors. You train in South Florida probably at the pinnacle of mixed martial arts uh, camp that I actually used to train at myself, um, American Top Team. Um, and... Uh, there's been a lot of rumors that the Black Sillians are falling apart and the team's really not doing well. Do you think that might have played into Rashad losing? Is that is there any uh, truth to those rumors? Is that team kind of uh, crumbling around them? I have no idea about the Black Sillians now. You know, I told the American Top Team, I don't ask the Black Sillians. You know, I got people I'm cool with, my partners over there, you know what I'm cool with. And I, you know, for their sake, I hope it's not falling apart, but you know, if it is, man, I'm like, you know, I hope you can get the and clean that shit up. Right on. And what do you think about the new facilities, American Top Team? Man, it's fucking big. It's nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a state-of-the-art. We got everything turfed. We got a good room. We got a cage. We got a bunch of mad areas, different rooms. We got a, a spin room. We have a little bit of a, a, a juice bar there. 
got daycare center. They got everything up in there, man. Wow. <laughs> everything. Another quick question from my... And dorms. And dorms. That what? Wow. Yeah, dorms. they fight in dorms. dorms. Oh, yeah. wow, that's awesome. So you can yeah. stay there for, for fight camp. Yeah, another question I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, uh, Jones obviously got a last-minute replacement with OSP. What are, what, is the, uh, what are your predictions in that fight? Do you think OSP has a chance? Man, I think no one's unbeatable. No, like, if you're unbeatable, you might have to touch up a guy. Anybody can take an L at any time, man. Just, you know, um, OSP, if he's got their confidence, if Jam Bay can win, if John Jones is on play, the A game, if he's confident, he can win. It's, it's, it's an excellent game plan because you can never call, count nobody out. Upsets happen in sports. That's what makes sports, you know, amazing to watch. You never know what's going to happen. Cool. And, you know, if you take Phil Jones, uh, Phil Davis in this next fight, are, are you going to pretty much uh, demand a title shot at that point? Uh, yeah, you know, well, there, you know what I'm saying, fight heavyweight maybe, because I don't know if we're Chelsea, so I'll be my fight heavyweight champion. And then if I'm, still, if I'm healthy after that fight, then, hey, hey, let's get that right up the tournament. Let's, 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 let's hit that. You've had 14 fights in the last... Like two in the last three years, you've had fourteen fights under Jeez. Bellator Horizon. Uh, do you really? like being? Yeah, that's incredible. Fourteen fights in three years. That's that's over double what the average fighter who that's makes a, a, a a decent living in this game is. Three fights a year is the so average. Do you do you appreciate that they allow you to be so active and to, I guess you know, earn a living and to be competitive, where as opposed to other organizations may put you on the shelf for four to six months at a time. I mean, that's incredible. How do you like uh, being so active and always being able to compete? I, it's great. You know, it's fight for money, you know what I'm saying? That's a job, so why not fight as you can? That's why you know, they got a cost check. You know, Josh Costner's doing it. Um, Chill Simon trying to do it. Uh, we like Connor's doing it. You know, I, I'm pretty sure Robbie, Robbie the, the fight, you know, he's a great fighter. You love fighting. Robbie could probably fight every two months. I bet you Robbie would. You know, so you know, I, I'm, I like to fight, man. You know, I feel weird having a layoff like this, going from January to May. I mean, yeah, May. That's a long time for me. Yeah, but you fought three times in like 40 hours in December, December 29th, 31st, and 31st. So you just didn't space them out. And and <laughs> and I'm wondering, you know. We, you kind of alluded to it, but I think I think we might have uh, um, I think we might have Mo on the spot here. But is there a possibility that you could possibly be the Ryzen heavyweight tournament champion, the Bellator light heavyweight champion, and the Ryzen open weight tournament champion by the end of the year? <laughs> hey, that's the plan. That's how you get all the belts. You know what I'm saying? I'm greedy. I'm, I'm like. I'm like the black streets like this. I'm trying to be diving in belts. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want. To dive in belts. I love it, bro. I love it. And you and you know, you you keep yourself grounded because even though we're boys, you didn't even kick us down anything from that rising Grand Prix check. No, so you, you, you don't let like, you don't let you don't let your friends take advantage of you. You didn't even you didn't even like go all Rocky Marciano and like crack a jewel out of the, the belt and send it to us in the mail or nothing. You know? Hey man, the IRS had, had a good chunk, you know what I'm saying? I had to, you know, break the IRS off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they're killing everybody. Yeah, just the last few weeks, we had to, I had to write a few checks myself. But, uh... It's like Puffy says, more money, more problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, either way, more, less money, more problems, you know, more money, more problems. Either way, depends how you're living, man. If you're, living, if you're broke, 
not arrest money, more problems. If you're making money, ain't paying taxes, more money, more problems. Before we let you get going, because I know it's late and that you're in mid-training camp, why should people, obviously we know why, but for those who don't know, why should people tune in to Bellator or Spike TV when you take on Phil Davis? Man, first of all, it's free. Second of all, it's going to be action-packed. Um, it's like this. I'm, I'm going to come out there swinging. You know, Phil likes to grapple. It's gonna, you know, it's going to be wrestling versus wrestling, but, you know, you throw hands to you got you, you got Josh Thompson versus, versus uh, Mike Chandler. That's a great fight as well. And you got other fights to come. They haven't even announced the rest of the fights because I think it's like keep under laps. But me and Phil, the headliner, you know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to come with it. I'm, I'm ready, and I'm ready to put my knuckles in the I'll be up there. Let's get coffee after the fight, buddy. That's <laughs> <laughs> what crawfish today after crawfish. Oh, crawfish and shrimp. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah King Mo, let yeah, me ask we'll you. Before, we, before I let you go, let me ask you. After, if you win that fight, are you after when you're celebrating? Are you going to be hanging out at the club with the women, popping bottles? Or are you going to be having coffee with Jonathan King? <laughs> crawfish. After, or after, crawfish. I mean, crawfish. are you going to be having crawfish with uh, after, Jonathan? After the fight, at the fight, I was in the hotel room, watching TV, drink some soda. The next day, I'm just going to be, I'm going to go crawfish and go to the bar and crab and get some crawfish. I'll, I'll the club thing. I did the club thing. I've done that. You know, some top of the bottom of the I've been there, done that. But, you know, if I can find a human out there, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find you on a boiling crab, all right? And if he, and if there's too many for you and you want to break some down, you know my Twitter handle. I, mean, I can pass me. I can pass them all. <laughs> Man, that's what every fighter I've ever said that to says. No, I can take them all. I can handle them all. A little bit of cast off. A little bit of cast off. <laughs> no, I ain't greedy. I'm only for money. I ain't greedy with females. I'm testifying. Damn. Pass all right. King Mo. That's, the, yeah, that's we, what we I'm talking cut, about. We don't, we don't cut. We don't save them. We don't cut. We pass them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Aaron True, King Mo, rolling in San Jose, coming to you uh, next month. We'll be there. You can catch us uh, definitely after the fight. We'll be chilling. You can uh, contact me if you want to get a hold of King Mo. I, I think you just helped me convince them to come to the fights with me. I know. I was thinking about it. All right. Well, King Mo, we'll let you get to this, uh, get back to to probably resting. And we know it's late there in your training, but thank you so much for the time. You know, we're huge fans of yours and always supporting you. And we really hope you're successful against uh, Phil Davis. We hope that you en- you can enter the open weight tournament and that you win that. And we're always rooting for you and. Uh, Thanks so much for your time and for being on the show. Thanks for having me, y'all. The right, King man. Mo, everybody. All right. Guy's awesome, dude. Yeah, he I really is. like having that guy. He on. really is just a great guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's going to do the open weight tournament. You know, I wanted to ask him. I really think he's going to He's be talking about doing heavyweight. I was going to ask him about Matt Mitrion because now that he's with the Bellator. That would, I know. I was just, about to say, are yeah. you going to – but he wasn't in a mood to really talk shit about people. Well, you know, I'm not asking – I don't, I don't want to expect him to talk he did, shit. He did talk I'm shit about Tito a little. Yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah, I know. He has some yeah. funny sound bites and about the Grand Prix too. By the he, way, was, he was just – he's like, he can't win it because I'm not going to get him. He's not getting three in a row. No, he won one fight in 10 years. He's not winning no, three No, he said three anyway. in 10 years. <laughs> but, by the way, I think this is going to be an excellent fight with Phil Davis because you know what happens with the wrestler versus wrestler. It's all. Was, uh, stand, the stand up in the gates, yeah. Stand up, whoever has the man, stand-up. but yeah. Phil Davis, his striking looked he good can... against in that tournament. Or I will, I will say this, but, Phil, but King Mo, man, his hands are clean. This yeah, is he's a better boxer. I think he's a better why boxer. I think King Mo gets Phil Davis down. Phil Davis's strength on his feet is working behind his jab, and it's really good. He has a really, really good jab, and he's really long. But King Mo is 
fucking explosive at countering his power that double. Jab yeah, with the power when double. When he hits you with so, the power double, he freaking goes through. He blasts it's text, you. It's textbook to go right into King Mo's. And and Mo touched on it. Phil's a great wrestler too, but he's not a power double kind of guy. He's more of a grapple, a grinder, grab your hips, slowly pull you down ch- with a level change. You know, Phil will go. Uh, uh, Mo will go right through you. He'll go right through you at 100 miles an hour. And if you're if you're extending that jab and, and feathering it, trying to get distance, you you can't waste jabs. You can't use that that distance to do that because he'll just counter right underneath. John, when's when's the uh, when what what day is that event? Strike Force. Sixteenth, May sixteenth, May fifteenth or fifteenth, fifteenth. Yeah, I know we should go. I, I gotta see if I can get uh, the three of us should get a hotel, or at least we should split the hotel. Well, well I'm gonna try to get Walsh to go too, so it'll be four of us. I may have a, I may have points, so I can get a hotel room. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. then me and Adrian will share a hotel. What? Yeah. What do you mean? What? What are you gonna bring your wife or something? Yeah. What? <laughs> It'll, what? It, yeah, I'll kind of ruin the whole fucking brutal yeah. Rihanna show. Wait, hold on. Rolls. Actually, though, back in the day at Strike Force, it <laughs> yeah, was the three of us. Yeah, actually, was... if you guys are down, I'm down. <laughs> There's actually no. Actually, your actually, wife is pretty cool. So. My wife came one time, and then the other time it was Aaron oh, brought somebody. Jesus. So we've done Papa both. Uh, no, I actually had it's a long. It's story. a sore subject, but just to, anyways, we've done we've done it both ways. So yeah. we've done it's possible. Was <laughs> it Ariana Celeste? No. Let's just close, say that close. Adrian and his. Wife were respectful in that the beautiful we, Shandella. we had to have maid service change the sheets on Adrian's bed. The next day. <laughs> I gotta say, my wife is usually pretty <laughs> laid back. She's she, you know, she has a good time. She's with chill her. as hell. Yeah, so. yeah. She actually she went. Did she go? Was she there the night that Cyborg no, no, or no. the Verdum fight? No, no. What happened is she was, and cause what happened is we went to the. Uh, it was when Fedor fought Verdum. Oh man! And she yeah. was in the crowd, surrounded by Russians, and she was the only one cheering for Verdum because you know everybody was there to see Fedor. And, uh, you know, we became friends with Verdum at the time because we were, you know, hanging out for... Uh, we were doing the behind-the-scenes. Yeah, we were filming yeah. for him, yeah. And uh, and so we were cheering for him. And so she was the only one that was cheering for <laughs> Verdum in the crowd, right? And the, they were getting pissed. And they were, Well, they were getting pissed. Oh, but, Russians are crazy. Yeah, but the she was, track suits and stuff, they're... Yeah, the Pavia, yeah. This is how crazy it is. She was by herself Allegedly. in the crowd, in the crowd, cheering for Verdum by herself. Nobody was watching, you know, the fights with her because I couldn't bring her down to the press row. And uh, when when Verdum won, she was cheering and everybody, you know, and everybody was like looking at her like, yeah, she was right. Like, who the fuck is this chick that knows to cheer for Verdum, right? So I always remember it's so funny because I was doing this is when I used to be a somebody sort of. But uh, that was back then, like been a years ago. But no, so I was doing a radio. <laughs> I was doing a radio. Uh, I was on a radio show as an expert talking about the fight. And so, I, so of course, the, AKA, I'm the expert, meaning I go, hey, Adrian, who the hell should I pick? You <laughs> had to defer. And Adrian goes, nice. well, I'm not going on my, I'm not taking a chance and going on my own intuition on the actual something that means something. So I ask Adrian. He's there's, more logical than me. There's so, a lot of truth to that, too. So I ask Adrian, then I go on and take the credit as my own. So Adrian goes, Verdum first round, guaranteed. Verdum's going to win first round. So I went on the radio and I, I started claiming Verdum first round and it happened. He, call, he called it. He called it. it and I always remember that because I always took credit for that pick. <laughs> On the radio, I took credit for the pick. Yeah, it's just typical Aaron. Yeah. I, I can tell you right now I did not see that fight going down. That I thought way. I thought Verdun was going to win because we were there the whole training camp, and our friend Paul, who is the same size as Fedor pretty much, he was just getting going 100% with 
Verdun every day, and they would have six, seven guys, and Verdun was head-kicking, subbing, beating the shit out of every guy one why, after the other. The reason why I thought that Verdun was going to win was because Fedor is really good at ground and pound, and obviously he's going to have to go to the ground support, even if he rocked Verdun, unless he knocked him out cold, right? Which is That's what I thought he was going to do. And Verdun was back game. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought for sure, you know, that if he was going to go into Verdun's guard, like people underestimate Verdun's guard, not so much anymore, but I think people are forgetting that he's a jiu-jitsu guy as a champion because he's knocking people out. He's doing the flying knees under half hour. But, man, I will tell you this. I've seen high-level black belt grapplers, world champions, still go against Verdum, and Verdum taps them like 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 nothing. When so. is Verdum fighting Stipe? Oh, it's uh, in Mexico. Soon. Next month, May. Next May, month? Yeah. Yeah, MGM, isn't it? No, no, it's in it's in, uh, in Brazil. Sorry, oh, in Brazil. Brazil. Well, UFC one eighty. I'm oh, so stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's, the, it's basically the shoot a box card in Curitiba. Yeah, yeah that's, it, uh, that's it. Yeah, that that's it, gonna be a great. I guess fight. we can say now because he's passed away. But um, R.I.P. Shane Del Rosario. Uh, remember when those guys came over to train with Verdum? Oh yeah, he was. And Verdum was, it was tapping out and TKOing these other UFC heavyweights like nothing, like nothing. that are legit. These guys are. And Shane was a prize fighter. This guy was legit. That's how I knew Stipe. I've said since Stipe versus Shane that Stipe was going to be a champion or contender because he outclassed Shane in striking, and Shane was a world champion kickboxer. I thought Stipe beat Dos Anjos. You mean Dos Santos? Dos Santos. Or I mean you. Uh, junior, junior, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that. Oh, fight that was such was a good scored fight. The wrong he got way. screwed, but yeah. that's because Dos Anjos. Uh, JDS has seniority. You know what's cool about Verdum? But he looked really good in his no, last fight. No, I'm saying fight. he's a champion-level fighter. I'm worried for Verdum just because of how fast he is, but I think everyone makes the same mistake. No, I'm and saying And they get JDS. caught by Verdum and then try to take him down. I, also, I thought JDS was done. I really did. I thought I thought he had taken too many shots. But oh, he I know. Looked, he looked really good he against... He looked uh, sharp in his last fight. I guess Rothwell, he looks so fast and yes. quick. He's at ATT now. Rothwell is a... He uh, changed camps. Rothwell's he's got kind of got that weird approach Edward where he Scissor comes hands. at you and uh, it's constantly it's not his hands that screws oh, you G- up it's Junior his footwork. Is just a boxing, though. Oh, but, he was so freaking fast amazing. though, Adrian. He was he so had, quick. But this is what the thing he had to figure out how to do it. He couldn't do it right away. If you watch the early part of that first round, right, right. he has a hard time figuring out how the range, the right, distance, right. and and uh, that's what makes me think that he's not. Shot yet? Because if you're shot, usually you lose your strategic. You need no, he was shot you. mentally, yeah. not punch drunk. He was shot mentally where he had no confidence. That was the problem. Yeah. Remember he the fight? Amazing. Was it the fight he against Kane? Really the last fight against Kane, where remember he was? There's a picture of him in the locker room where he's staring at himself in the mirror, yelling at himself, trying to like, come on, come on, like trying to get confidence and he can't do it. And he was broken. I think, I mean, he, he was going into against Rothwell with his hands down at some point because he was so confident yeah. that he was going to be able to uh, God maneuver. Damn, his jab was so clean. It was such a clean. Like, he was throwing that jab from his hip like, into a, the like body an old too. school body. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like, it, it was a pretty much a boxing match against Ben Rothwell. And Rothwell, I don't understand why. I mean, he tried to switch sides and then even his um, even uh, his leg kicks started landing too. So um, the, the, the problem with Rothwell's style, in, in in my humble opinion, when you're when you're constantly coming like that, you're a complete open target. It's not when only for those of you who, because it's radio, um, an open stance. Yeah, when you, when you're constantly coming in like Edward Scissorhands, like you, that's yeah. a great description. You just come forward, hands I stole forward, it from uh, constantly switching your feet. Someone. Uh, the problem is, I did. I stole it. The, Fair the, and square. The one good thing Ripped about it off. the one good thing about standing orthodox or southpaw. Adrian, it's, it's not my original. You're a retard. No, I didn't. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> I just like how he's not letting you talk. Yeah, no, it's I'm trying. So funny. 
<laughs> no, but Adrian's, Adrian's, gonna, Adrian's accusing me of stealing the quote, but I'm saying I stole it fair and square. He's not accusing, it. he's just laughing. Oh, I'm sorry, trolling. continue. I'm sorry, continue. I forgot. I'm sorry about that. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Adrian did, the dick. You were saying... You were saying that Ben Rothel, when he walks open Manipulator stance, over here. like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, you you never establish, you you never have a long range. Your 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 shoulders are always square to your opponent. They're never turned sideways to the opponent. When you're when your shoulders. That's why it's such a great quote that I took from that guy. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands. I'm done. Fucking no, no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, uh, no, I'm being rude. And then I have, a, and then I'll follow up with it. No, that's uh, okay. Fine. Cordero says the same thing. Basically, when you stand at a squared up thing, you're a complete open target. Yeah, you you want to stand perpendicular to someone that does that because uh, then you can you uh, can keep the range, uh, and control the distance. And that's why Junior was able to throw his hands from his hips because he was never in trouble. He knew the distance that he was out of trouble. I, I, another thing I wanted to mention, I, I don't realize, I don't think people realize how long Verdum is, because you know he's like six foot three, six foot four. Yeah, that no, guy can foot jab you from like three cages away, and he likes to throw the front teep, you know, and he yeah. likes to do that to quite a bit to the face. Oh yeah. God, remember when yeah. he was training for Verdum and that guy was jokingly talking shit? That one guy from Ace Jiu Jitsu. Oh man, this ba- guy was talking shit like uh, before sparring, like yeah, I'm gonna whoop your ass, I'm gonna light you up, uh, and Verdum fucking head kicked him and then arm barred him and popped his arm, and the guy got <laughs> after one round had to like. They've asked me. They go, Adrian, you're, you're heavyweight, right? I'm like, not, not, any, not in the UFC. Like I'm not, you know. And they go, hey, I think you can, uh, you should go in there and yeah, train with sure. Verdum. Yeah, yeah, I should. You fuck, should. Fuck. You should. Yeah, yeah, no. Aaron will film it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, oh, up. God. Yeah. That, that's like the Fabricio, running joke where anytime Fabricio, like a big guy boy, goes Adrian to the gym. Your boy Adrian just said he could spar with you in the cage because no. he's near heavyweight. No, Fabricio actually is friends with Adrian. He I wins. know, but Adrian <laughs> just said he could spar with him. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> actually, Adrian's he's, got Adrian's some confidence. the same size as Stipe. That would be so funny. Adrian, you got to go in there and retain your Stipe and yes. do a round with him. That'd be you, you have Steve Except Gables. I'd probably get knocked out because Verdum thinks that's funny. We'll give you a headgear. <laughs> headgear's going to stop me getting knocked out. But no, you'd be doing but him a it'll favor. It'll be a pillow when you land. I'd have to go in there with one of those balls, you know, where I, like, I just walk around. That's the only way I won't get knocked Honestly, out. Aaron will play touch butt with you in the park. <laughs> all BS aside, you're the exact same size as Sipe. No, I'm not. Sipe's bigger than me, I think. Steve you're 240, 6'4". Like yeah, I'm 6'2". He's two inches taller than me. Since when are you 6'2 and not 6'4"? I'm about almost 6'3". So. Sketchy. Barefoot? Yeah. No, no, no. With shoes. Wow. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Unless I've I've gotten too old and I'm starting to shrink. But I don't think it, I don't think that's happening. I think yet. when I met you, you were like six three and a half. No, I'm pretty sure I never said that. <laughs> I'm not saying you said it, but just standing next to you and the way you filmed the camera angle. You said he was yeah. sixty three and a half. You know what? That's funny, is a lot of people do realize that when I film Oh, were, he was talking he was six point three. He's talking about the size of his yeah, yeah, yeah. What what I missed that, sorry. Uh, though, though, a lot of people do commentate on how high I'm filming when I film you. So I'm that's to, my good angle, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I try to make people look skinnier and whatnot. Guys, you so. want to have fun and do a quick little pick segment here? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Sure. What do you want to call the? What do you want to name this segment before we cut it? Uh, brutally picks. I don't know. What do you mean? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this week for UFC 197, these are the brutally honest picks of the week. I'm Aaron True, 2010 MMA Reporter of the Year nominee, known for my hijinks, getting beat by Ronda Rousey, Verdum, Cyborg. To my right, co-host. He's a KHI commentator, co-host of the, the our co-star of the Hitcho Kingdom, and also Mad Hatter, Adrian Gallegos. Not We're introducing ourselves uh, for this segment, so if you haven't, uh, if you haven't been listening the whole time, to my right, once again, Jonathan King. He's the co-star of the Hitcho Kingdom with Nick Jonas. 
So, guys, let's give our picks. Extra. Let's run down the uh, main card and some of the prelims. Let's do it. So, on the prelims, Carla Esparza, former former women's strawweight champion, making her comeback on short notice against Juliana Lima. Do you think Carla, this is exactly what she needed to get out of her head mentally, have a quick short notice fight where she could avoid the media and hopefully return to champion form, championship form after some injuries and her loss to Joanna? Yeah, I think Carla wrestles back some confidence, gets a win decision here. Nothing impressive, though. Okay, well, I'm going uh, Esparza as well. Adrian, what's your pick? I'm going with Juliana. I think that she can negate wow. some of the takedown. I think she's going to, uh, you know, outstrike her. So I think, um, you know, Carla's a great wrestler. And, um, you know, she, she was able to win a lot of her matches because of that. Um, and I think people obviously have have caught on to that. And, uh, you know, when they fight her, they just train nonstop wrestling. Not that that helps. I mean, not that it's going to make a huge difference. I just think that some of these people have caught on enough to, to negate well, some of that. The the only thing I see is that Juliana Lima, that she has – uh, 10 total fights and eight of those fights 80 percent of her fights go to decision and if you go to a decision against carla most likely she's going to wrestle you out wrestle you and be able to win the fight unless you're joanna so i'm going with asparza so we've got asparza asparza and one for lima moving on to the main card to we're going to start from the third to the last we're not going to go through the whole main card we're just going to go from anthony pettis and barboza on Anthony Pettis, Ooh, former that? champion. He's coming off, of, I think, two losses. That's a great fight, man. Yeah, this uh, this could be fight of the night for sure. But uh, Pettis, he's lost, yeah, two in a row. After losing his championship belt to Dos Anjos, he then lost also a, a controversial split decision to Eddie Alvarez. He really needs a win. And Barboza, he's a guy who's going to want to stand and bang. So I think this caters well for Pettis because he can strike with him, but I know everyone says, yeah, it's going to be a striking fight. I think Pettis is going to try to push him against the cage and try to grapple a little bit. Uh, I'm going to upset Barboza, though. I can't believe I'm saying it. I'm going to upset knockout Barboza. I'm going to have to agree, and the only reason why is because I always favor more Thai fighters. Me so too. That's <laughs> the only reason why. Well, you guys are both dumb. And I like Pettis. Because Anthony Pettis is going to win by a KO. I think Barboza can follow uh, Rafael Dos Anjos' game plan and just put pressure. And uh, even though Barboza sometimes performs better with a good distance, especially his spinning attacks, but I think that, uh, you know, I think he's going to put that aside, come in aggressive, and put him against the cage. Barboza is a legit fighter. He's only lost three times in his last, uh, let's see here, 11 and 1, so 5 and 3. In his last eight fights or so, he's only lost three, and he's won four. Wait, hold on. Sorry to calculate this. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's six and three in his last nine fights. His only losses are to Tony Ferguson by Dars, which is a submission. Donald Cerrone, Cowboy, by submission. Cerrone. What? Cowboy Cerrone. <laughs> What's so funny? You said Donald Cerrone. So? <laughs> I just love how you... I don't. I pronounce names wrong all the time. It's great. I love it. I love it. It's awesome. I'm sorry. I, anyway, so Cowboy... Cowboy Cerrone. <laughs> Cowboy Cerrone... Um, He's only lost by submission to Ferguson, <laughs> submission to Cerrone, and a decision to Johnson. So I don't think Pettis can submit him, and I think he can possibly knock him out. So I'm going Barboza. Adrian's going Barboza. Pettis by knockout because you two wow. are done. So we've got two for Barboza, one for Pettis. Yep. Okay, this fight's really intriguing, and I'm buying the hype from the countdown. Henry uh, Cahuda. <laughs> Henry Cahuda. <laughs> <laughs> 
Henry Cejuda. I actually saw his third fight cage side live. All right, so Henry Cejuda against Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Oh, man. I was believing the hype on Cejuda, and then they started showing the footage on Mighty Mouse hitting the pads. Holy shit. Mighty Mouse looks incredible, but I'm going for Cejuda in the upset. I'm going for the upset with Cejuda, with the Olympic gold medalist. Okay. I'm going with Cejuda. Here, here. Olympic champion uh, over Mighty Mouse. I'm going to br- give a, a brief uh, description on why I disagree. He was on the same team as DC in Did the Olympics. Did you guys see John Dodson versus Manny Gamburian this weekend? Yeah, I saw John Dodson okay. knock him out. Yeah. Well, Demetrius Johnson is faster. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> then who? Than Dotson. Dotson. Yeah. So if you can't imagine, exactly what I was make. when I watched I that I fight make. with Manny Gamburian, I had to watch it three times and then I had to watch it in slow mo because I couldn't believe a human being was that fast. Demetrius I know, that's Johnson what I'm saying in the countdown footage. I couldn't believe it. Faster. I know. Demetrius Johnson is going, and this is what it comes down to Can Henry Cejudo's wrestling transition to mixed martial arts wrestling, which Demetrius Johnson is Olympic level at in MMA? Demetrius Johnson is going to win. Uh, convincingly, uh, he is the pound-for-pound pound greatest fighter in the sport today, and he will remain so. Henry Cejudo, it's too early for him. Not ready yet. I, I think that's a safe pick and that that's going to be the correct pick, but I'm going on the limb, and I'm taking the underdog because I like seeing upsets, and I'm taking Cejudo. But that being said... Is that limb going to branch? Being, that being branch, said, though, Adrian. Johnson looks so freaking good in the countdown. He looked incredible. I'm going with Mighty Mouse. And the yeah. only reason why is because I think he's going to be too quick. I think this is a huge step up for Cejudo. I think Matt Hume's going to have a game plan for, obviously, for against... Also, you got to keep in mind, I mean, when people take Mighty Mouse down, even if it's, a, you know, they even... I mean, when they try so hard to take him down, he gets up so quickly. And I think I don't think Cejudo's going to be quick enough. I don't. That's the thing. Henry Cejudo has yet to face a training partner, a sparring partner. Any, they could bring in a hundred different people to train with Cejudo, and none of them would right. have the speed. What does he train at? Does anybody know? In Cejudo? Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Or Arizona. I thought Arizona, it was Arizona. But think, what gym yeah. is he at? I'm not sure. Is he with Ben Henderson? I mean, if he trained with somebody like the Ben lab, Henderson. I don't think so. No? No, I don't think he's with Crouch. He's fighting out of a team called Fight Ready. I think it's kind of a small independent team. Well, there you go. You're not going to find a yeah. Mighty Mouse can at I Fight change, Ready. Can I, I was kind of trolling, so I'm going to go back and actually... No, get the fuck out. Yeah, you, you can't change your pick. All right, fine, but I don't want people think I'm an idiot. Stamp, All right, I don't want to think people think I'm an idiot. I was kind of trolling, but I'm rooting for the underdog, Cejuda, even though Just I think Demetrius is a better all-around fighter. I, I'm going for Cejuda. All right. I'm going for Henry Cejuda. Okay, so... Cerrone. So, guys, light heavyweight interim championship looking to regain his championship belt interim at least, John Jones against Ovin St. Peru. I'm, obviously, I'm going John Jones. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. He is, was the best fighter in the world when he left the sport due to his suspension and was stripped of the title. I think that John Jones is going to come in there. He's going to make a statement. He's going to dominate in striking. He's going to dominate in wrestling. He's going to impose his will and show everyone once again how he is the largest light heavyweight in history and can literally, he he makes these other people look like children compared to him in comparison with the reach and with the size advantage, and he's going to impose his will and win the fight with a finish over OSP. I agree about 98% of that. John Jones is going to come in. He's going to impose his will. He's going to dominate. He's going to dictate the pace. He's going to dictate the distance. He's then going to get cocky, and OSP is going to check that chin, and he's going to shut him down because hubris hubris is what kills all men and john jones is going to learn a lesson in this fight 
Ovin St. Pru is not the guy that you can take lightly, and I have a feeling. I don't think he is. Who I have picking? a feeling. Ovin St. Peru. I have a feeling. You're Ovin going Saint for Peru. Ovin St. Peru? I have a feeling OSP is going to jump at the chance for greatness. And I'm, and listen, all respect to John Jones, and I think John Apparently Jones is, is, is coming back. He's doing great things. But I just have a feeling that OSP is going to, to rise to the opportunity. Just when they – the interview, the look in his eye, man. He just he just looks like he's gonna rise to the opportunity. I, 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 is it? I mean, I I may think that the reason I may go with OSP, and the only reason why I mean, I I, I know this sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. I think OSP might be more athletic than any other fighter that John Jones has ever fought, and so I mean, who else besides maybe Rashad Evans? But Rashad Evans was a little bit older, right? I think OSP has the power of maybe like a global. What about Sean Salmon? Uh, hold on, guys. On. Uh, Sean Salmon. Did guys, you fight Sean Salmon? Hold on a second, guys. Let me ask you a question. What? Did John Jones ever fight Glover Teixeira? Yeah, he, he beat did. him. Who who won? Jones. He, oh, Jones beat Teixeira? Yeah. John Jones never fought Ryan Bader, did he? I don't think so. No. Yes, he did. did I'm, he? Being a, I'm making oh. a point here. I know he beat Teixeira already, too. So just humor me. John Jones didn't beat Ryan Bader, did he? Yes, he did. Yes, remember that was pretty much the fight for the title shot, and he destroyed Bader. Remember yeah. Yeah. the True. point being True. this: OSP Bader lost, before he knew how to punch. OSP lost to Ryan Bader. OSP lost to Glover Teixeira. When OSP makes that step up to champion level competition. He's come up short each time, not, not, and I think the same will be true against John Jones. Not, Shog- not against Shogun. He knocked out Shogun, or right? Oh, dude, I love Shogun as much as you, but come on, come on. And come John, on, John Jones. Come went, on. John Jones went against him three rounds against come Shogun. Come on, dude. Come on, come on. <laughs> what Don't do you need? Two thousand fourteen Shogun. Come on, man. So you're saying two thousand sixteen is? Uh, well, who, who's Shogun fighting now? Okay, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry to d- okay, let me just say bit. something. You OSP's going to match you're saying, Sarah. You're saying that you're talking George about OSP's Pierre. went over Shogun. Let me talk. Let's say this real quick. Shogun lost one, two. Three, Shogun lost four out of five, with the last one being the fight to OSP. So before he fought OSP, he got submitted by Sonnen. He got knocked out by Henderson. So he was taking that fight right after getting knocked out and losing like three out of four. So don't tell me that's the Shogun of old that he beat. He still beat him. He caught him. He knocked him out in 34 seconds. That's right. That's gonna ha- that can happen to John Jones. Yeah, right. You Wait, who's, who's okay, the, so, who's, so for the record, I'm picking John Jones. You two are picking OSP. Who, who's the most athletic fighter that John Jones has fought? Oh, God, are you kidding me? He's fought several. No, the most athletic, not the most technical, several. not the most. The answer is several. Who? The most athletic guy John Jones has fought. Yeah. We're not talking about athletic at a certain point. We're talking about athletic during the fight with John Jones. I okay? think, I mean, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about when he fought him, so you can't troll me. I would say Vitor <laughs> Belfort was pretty ripped. Um, and he almost beat him. Vitor almost beat John Jones. Yeah, he armbarred him. And also, I Jones think... Jones and Davis never fought, did also, they? No, no. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, Phil Davis? I think... No. 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 Also, I think that, uh, you know, when, when John Jones fought against uh, Gustafson, right? He I mean, was, he was Rashad, a pretty big guy. and I thought Gustafson yeah, won that fight. Yeah, I guess he's never fought anyone as explosive of a wrestler. Actually, the only time he fought a wrestler... He lost. <laughs> Matt Hamill? Yeah. <laughs> Convincingly, too. Didn't Hamill finish him? No, sort it was of. a GQ. He beat the shit out of Matt Hamill so bad that he got disqualified. 
pretty much. <laughs> that was disgusting. I should have stopped that. All right, well, so, ladies and gentlemen, to recap, those were our picks, and we hope that you make your picks and join and play along with us and submit your picks. Go ahead and post, send us a tweet, uh, and if you beat us in our picks, you beat the three of us, we'll send you some kind of cool memorabilia. How about that? Like this bottle of Shamrock Slam. Well, we'll select. Like I mean, this bottle of I mean, Shamrock if, Slam. <laughs> this four-year-old bottle of Shamrock Slam. No, but like. Or this broken up cup from uh, Signal. Yeah. <laughs> it's authentic. It's authentic. It was actually used on the show. It was. That was. No, but in all honesty, piece. just to clarify for legal reasons, if like 100 people beat us, then we'll draw a name and choose one of the 100 per people. So not. Oh, also, tweet at us or, or yeah, send us uh, in Facebook or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Did you see a bag of air from Kobe's game was being auctioned oh, off? Oh, I would have bought that. Grand? They pulled it off. I would have bought we'll, that. They if pulled it off? Yeah. Everybody who doesn't get chosen of the people that play us will send you like a small bag of the air from the studio. No, I'll get something signed from uh, one of the guys at Kings. I think we could do that. Yeah, well, we have tons of stuff we can give away. Yeah. yeah like, we, we actually have cool stuff. Yeah. All right, well, so. Like Aaron's championship belt. No, no one touches the belt. <laughs> I had to super glue it back How can today. you let that get so super glued it back together? <laughs> yeah, today. Stay classy. <laughs> you know how much Aaron had to throw up to get that belt? Oh man, it was oh, massive. Man. Oh, uh, so I guess Clinch wants to do. Do you want? To do, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, should we? Do, yeah, I just wanted to shout out to one of our sponsors. Um, first of all, happy 420, everybody! All you potheads out there. Anyway, one of our sponsors. I'm a medical marijuana patient, and uh, one of our sponsors is PMC in Los Angeles. Um, thank you very much, Pico Medical Center. Uh, if you're in Southern Los Angeles, go check out Pico Medical Center, uh, and they will um, they'll hook you up. Tell them that the Brutally Honest Show sent you. They gave us a nice strain of uh, something called Green Crack. It's pretty good. Why so. don't you start over from the top and do this with some energy, like you fucking mean it, please? I d- that wasn't energy, no. No, that was like that was like four twenty stone. Oh. You want to get a retweet from this place? They're not all right, all right, they don't ready? want to be associated. Ready? With that take shit. two, take two. <laughs> the audience will understand. Take two. Ready? Hey, you doing, everybody, John? <laughs> no, uh, thank you, everybody, over at Pico Medical Center, PMC in South Los Angeles, or actually Midtown Los Angeles. They hooked us up with uh, a little bit of green crack, a sativa dominant strain that's really good for pain and uh, good for people that have problems sleeping too. So check sleeping? them out. Yeah, PMC Pico. Sounds Medical like the Center. opposite of green crack. No, it, it's actually a relaxing sativa. It's really? not. A, it's not like a uplifting body sativa because I'm a. I'm mostly an indica guy, and that's why they recommended this to me. They really? Like, yeah, it won't make you tired, oh. but it'll it'll relax you. So um, mm. Pico Medical Center, check them out. They're on Weed Maps. PMC. What city are they in? Uh, they're in Mid City, Los Angeles. So. Oh, they're in downtown. Yeah, well, kind of between downtown and the West Side, Mid City. Is it a nice facility? Were the people nice? Oh, beautiful facility. They have edibles. Edibles. They have drinks. They have tinctures. concentrates, tinctures. They actually gave me a pain bomb for my leg. There you um, go. That I'm gonna try tonight. That's an indica heavy. Pain oh, let bomb me know too. how that works so, for you. Yeah. So uh, go see my boy Maj over at Pico Medical Center. They'll take care of you. They have some of the, if you look them up, they have like the most incredible reviews. Do they deliver? No, I don't think they do deliver. But uh, You have to go there and just have a medical card? But, you know, this is that's a great point. One of the things that I can't stand about some of these places that you go to, you give them your information, right? Right. So uh, I'll be hanging out at a fight, and all of a sudden I'll get texts from a dispenser. Yeah, we have fucking green crack on sale. Are you kidding me? And that, that really bothers me. I don't want my privacy invaded. A lot of these places are storefronts without parking lots. 
That's shady as fuck. Yeah, so Pico Medical Center, they have their own parking lot. They don't text you. They don't bother you. They have a security sales. guard to make sure everything. Security guard, yes. Yeah. Surveillance. They greet you. Surveillance. It's all like lockdown. It's legit. So um, go check them out. It's They're definitely one of the best. Do they have hot chicks uh, serving it? Oh, they, the two girls. Today, the two girls today. I want to try to help them out. I thought you were They had two. No. They had dude. Seriously, they had two of the hottest bud tenders. Because I, I've seen I hear, ever. The, I hear like like dispensaries are now just. Hot, I mean, not now, but they've always just hired like hot chicks to, uh, you know, to front the store to help out people. No, the, the one girl that was helping me was was gorgeous, and then another girl came in. As my buddy Hanato Laranjo would say, she had like a uh, Egyptian cinnamon. Oh, skin. nice, oh, nice. Yeah, she ah. was beautiful. Yeah. Now that's yeah. a review. Thank yeah. you for taking care Pico of our boy Jonathan King. Thank you. See, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help no. Jonathan out. Now right? that's now. See, that's I was into that. That was good. See how? See, I'm 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 I'm, I'm lobbing them for him. I'm just lobbing them up for him whenever he wants. Happy know? 420, been, everybody. I've been getting blown up <laughs> on Facebook all day. By some guy from Ireland who is claiming that he oh, wants no, to call in and weigh in. Here we go. On the Conor McGregor situation. You know every time we take a call, it's usually something crazy. I'm taking it. So we've got a call from Ireland, and uh, I'm not going to give out his name, but he basically wants to weigh in on the whole UFC 200 situation, on his ticket purchase, on the whole scenario, and how he feels about Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. People got to be pissed about that. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have on... I think he's literally from calling from a pub in Ireland. We have on Patty M. Patty, welcome to the Bruliana Show. Hello, hello. Is it, uh, hello, hello. Are you calling from Ireland or from the Middle East? Uh, hello, hello. Is this Borat? Extra <laughs> oh, Damn it, you son of a bitch. You screwed us again. You screwed hey, us hey, again. Hey, 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 you listen over there, you fuck. I spent 2,800 quid, you fuck. My boy quit. All right. You, are you, are, 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 are you going to pay for me to fucking get my, my family, you fuck? My family is fucked. My nephew fucked me. You fucked me. Everybody fucked me, but you laugh and you think it's a joke, huh? You think it's a joke, huh? You think it's a joke, huh? <laughs> I knew I should have taken that God call. God damn it. God. Oh, God. You son of a bitch. That was an Armenian-Irish guy. And what, uh, <laughs> he said, quote, I will stay in Irish accent the entire time. Oh, my God. He started off the call as a Middle Easterner. <laughs> he didn't even make it to the first sentence. I thought I was getting to bully delivered. Jesus, come on, man. Can uh, you, wait, ready? Can I do it? I'll do take two. Ready? No, no. God damn it. I want my money back. I spent all my goddamn money to come see the fucking Conor McGregor fight. UFC 197. Dana White, I want my goddamn money back. I wrote a whole script. Oh, my God. He said he would read word for word. You know what? It's funnier that he fucked he up. He said he would read <laughs> you know word what? for I, word. He's getting a Texas, Texas <laughs> suspension. A Texas suspension for him. 90 he days. He said... He said, "Quote." It wasn't the words, Aaron. It was the accent. It was horrible. The rolling. <laughs> 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 Aaron, let me let me read you the, what he wrote me. Aaron, let me read you what he wrote me. Send me word for word the script, and I'll do it with the Irish accent. Oh my God! No, we don't script our calls. Siri must have autocorrected from Irish to Armenian because he was, you know. 
He might as well just said bro the whole time, you know? It's just... Oh, my God. He actually <laughs> is in the Valley right now hanging out with Armenian people. But uh, anyways, the whole point of that was uh, he was Dave's supposed awesome. to say. Thanks, Dave. He was supposed to say instead of calling him Mystic Map, instead of Mystic Mac, they're calling him Mystic McRipoff. Yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> what about all these Irish people that bought See? tickets for this? Yeah, like he was, he was going to talk about how he spent all the money on the tickets oh, on the know, flight, and, I, and he was going to say how he wanted a refund and this and this. And anyway, so it's look, a great, God damn it. It's a great point. The script was great. I, I was going to say, the great, it's a great point. I, we, I didn't even consider the Irish, how many are going out there, and how he's always proud that saying that he always shows up to a fight. I mean, that was the whole bit about yeah. how the Irish people already bought the tickets and the plane tickets, the hotel. How about just getting an actual and, Irish and listen, guy? It's supposedly not. Uh, it's, it's supposedly not he a one-time does a good thing. Irish accent. No, I, I know like, an Irish guy. He's never Before, done it once on the show. Good <laughs> ever. Once. Because he somehow between when we do the practice call and the hour so later, I'm, he gets drunker than hell. Or so something. I think I think we need it. Okay, he said he's ready now for round. <laughs> no, no, no. You can no. never triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd. Tell him. Should we do it? No, you can't I triple I, stamp I, a double stamp. I, I'm saying no. I think that was gold. I think we go with that. God damn it! It's horrible. He uh he said he's gonna he's willing to stick to the script this time. No. It doesn't matter. No, he's drunker than hell. I think he just keeps writing laugh out loud nonstop. <laughs> right. And says he goes he goes you're right it was gold it was gold. Ninety uh, days. I, I told you. He did crazy. You're getting a Kimbo suspension. Ninety days, dude. Ninety D- days. Dave, that, the, the rolling R, the <laughs> that was tip. That was nice. That was that was really good. Oh my. Perfect. God. I wonder where he is right now. It sounded fun. Yeah. Yeah. So probably- what what else uh, have you guys been up to or what else have you been doing that you want to talk about? Uh, my, my beer is almost ready. I got the, nice. the, the barrel aged uh, uh, porter that's coming out uh, in about a month. So besides that, I should tell the date story. Yeah, yeah. The, what's, how was your Tinder date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh God. So this girl is on Tinder. And, oh geez, Dave's calling no, again, but done. I'm not answering this. Yeah. So uh, I wrote something like she didn't. Re- she I had wrote her maybe two months ago, and then she didn't ever responded. So a month ago, she wrote back saying, sorry, I've been out of town, some bullshit, blah, blah, blah. We should meet up and go out for sure. That was a month ago. So I wrote back last night, yeah, good luck, I guess. She responds right away saying, no, let's go out tonight and grab a coffee. I'm like, coffee at 8 p.m.? Sounds shady. Sounds real shady. So we go to meet. I say hello. She says hello. She's not from America. She's Russian. She's a Russian girl who's here on Visa. Perfect. Oh, man, that's that's awesome. Anastasia.com? <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, she was boring as hell. The date was boring as hell, and I was over it. She was over it. Neither one of us had any interest. It was obvious, and she doesn't even thank me or offer to pay for her part of the bill, doesn't even thank me for paying the bill. She gets up to go to the bathroom. She doesn't come back. She's not coming back, so I'm texting these guys saying, yo, I'm on the shadiest Tinder date ever, and this chick just ditched me, and I'm alone in the restaurant, and they said, no, you Who ditched gave her. You the best advice? They told me just walk out, just ditch her and walk out. And so I was like, okay, screw it. So I packed, up, I packed up my stuff. And as I'm walking out, she comes out of the bathroom. And she's like, whoa, wh- where are you going? And bust me. And uh, I told her straight up, I said, if you have my number, if you want to text me, go ahead. But if you don't, I don't care. It's no big deal. And she goes, like basically telling her, like, I'm over it. And she goes, uh, yeah, no, I'll text you for sure. And I'm like, well, no, if you don't want to, it's cool. I don't really care. And then I unmatched her on Tinder, and that's it. I'll never see her again. She'll never see me again, and that's it. Hey, man, dating sucks, but... You, Was she hot? It's got to be one of three. Eh. Oh, yeah, so that's another thing. We get there, and she's like, oh, my God, you look just like your pictures. I can't believe it. I'm oh, like, so you got catfish. And I, go, and I go, yeah, why does everyone always say you look just like your pictures? A little surprised. Who doesn't look like their photos? Scumbags. And I know, obviously, I do look like my photos, and I'm photogenic, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But so she kept saying how I look just <laughs> like my photos. And then I was like, yeah, 
who the f are you? Because who was in the photos? Who is this Russian? Russian? And by the way, I'm part Russian, and I do like Russian chicks. I like the I like old chicks. But the point is, I hate when I get catfish misrepresentation. Right. You don't just tell. Don't you think it would be something you tell a conversation when you're talking on Tinder that you just moved here from another country seven months ago and don't speak English? Well, I mean that's not a big deal. I think the looks. It's not a big deal that you don't speak English. You can't communicate. I can't yeah. talk to her. It's a big deal. So what? So you don't have to talk to her. If her looks are good, then Dude, doesn't matter. We got coffee. We went on a date at night and got coffee. It's not like she said, "Can I come over and 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 well, introduce you to my cat?" She well, said, she, "Let's well, go to a public coffee. place." Bottom line, coffee. can you switch off the close up? By the way, no offense. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot about it. I just don't want to. Oh God! Well, dude, look when you're Sorry, dating, when you're dating, especially dating online, I'm it's a, a one in three option. You're either gonna get laid, you're gonna find someone to date, or you're gonna have a funny story. So you well, at least got. You one didn't answer three. me. Was she hot? So he said oh, one no. to ten. That's no. If compared you have to, to think about it that long, yeah, no. Tapatio. Tapatio's a reference. If, She's a ten if, compared what's to Tapatio. Yeah, what's Tapatio? Two. If Tapatio's a two, <laughs> yeah. If Tapatio, no, that picture was bad. She's like a four. If Tapatio's <laughs> if Tapatio's a two, well, let's just say Tapatio's a four. Never, I've never if heard Tapatio's, of Polaroid making a Tapatio from a four Tapatio to a two. If Tapatio is a four, then I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. If, how, if Tapatio is a Tijuana two, then um, whoa, Tijuana two. That's whatever. like she's a nice lady. I like. It's like a Babylon eight. I like her. Okay, as a friend. Finish, finish. Go I actually on. met her on Tinder. Tapatio. Anyway, so pull point. Grinder. No, Tinder. So, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, the Russian girl, she was like a California. Oh, California. A California That's seven, hard. A California seven and a half. That's high. She she was thin, in good shape, nice bust, good hair, clean, nice Dude, skin. That, she was good looking. That's she an Ohio fucked, ten. But she had she was Russian European. T- she was a Ohio nine and a half. Yeah, that's a but high. The type of girl that would never smile ever, right? She smiled a lot because I'm funny, but she had a fucked up smile. Uh-oh. Who cares? She's a fucking seven and a half. That's way well, better dude, than Tapatio. Oh, she was definitely hot. That's something but you she was, be concerned about. That's what about. I'm saying. Okay, Tapatio is fun, likes to party, and is down for anything, is cool, doesn't bug me. Except we Tapatio. get along. The Russian chick was boring as fuck. We drank coffee at 8 p.m., and she gave me a side hug, acted weird when I tried to just hug her goodbye. Oh. Like she was boring as was hell. Was she pretentious? I mean, was oh she... god, she was fucking pretentious. Oh, then fuck her. She's like, oh, yeah. I teach at Montessori. Pre- uh, I, I mean, she's like, I teach Whoa. at a preschool, and I'm like, Whoa. she goes, do you know what Montessori is? Of course. And I'm like, How can yes. she teach if she doesn't? Like she's speak trying English. to brag. That's what I'm saying. There's something that was shady about this. But the whole point is that she was talking bragging about. Maybe she teaches she's, Russian. And then she asked me what I do, and I told her, and she just looked at me like I was a total fucking loser. And I'm thinking, well, I'm a loser. You're a fucking preschool teacher. Hey. You work with fucking four year olds. Hey, my wife's a t- preschool teacher. Yeah, Relax. and she's the nicest lady in the Relax. world. Relax. And she's the nicest, and yet she actually works at a private, nice, fancy place. Hey, hey, and guess what? We she, don't want us details. Go yeah, on. but the point is, she doesn't rub it in people's face and act like she's better than us because of the school she works at. And right. this girl was like, have you heard of Montessori? Do you know what Montessori is? And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. And she goes, how? I go, because my little sister went there, and I have four nieces and nephews under the age of five, you and I'm been not like, an idiot. You should have been like, you mean James Montessori? I've seen him fight a lot of times. The point <laughs> is, you asked if she was pretentious, and the point is, she thought she was better than me because of her job, and then thought I was a loser because of my job. Wow. And like I said, she's not far off. Yet, yet I wasn't so much. I wasn't <laughs> enough of a loser where I didn't pay for the date. Hey, takes one to know one. I know exactly where we are. Whatever. She was boring. Tapatio is fun. I'd rather hang on Tapatio all day. Hey, you know Tapatio is a good time, and also Tapatio is maybe a two, but she brings somebody along. Like it's I an said, easy six. Her but, friend's a six. Tapatio's yeah, down for oh, anything. Her friend's a California Tapatio. five. Oh, there you go. Five plus two. You got That's a eleven. Seven. Well, it's kind of cool because Tapatio's friend. It's kind of cool hanging out with two chicks. So. Of course, of course. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You got a seven. You at least. But get when the you talk story. about online dating, what your expectations are, I have different ones. 
for me, I think it's fun and adventurous meeting completely random people. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's either A, a good story or B, you meet a good friend. You, I have, a, I made a lot of friends off of that just because I'm pretty mellow, easygoing, and I'm supportive. If I hook up with a chick and then she meets another guy, good for her. I don't care. Like, good for her. Here's the thing. I, I got to say, if Tapatio's looks are two, the her personality is an eight. The no, a seven and a half. The, seven pers- and a half. the fact that her personality is so cool, she could be a possibly a five. You know, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's not that bad, guys. And, you know, she went through some stuff and gained a little weight, maybe. Get Tapatio on pink belt with uh, Chris Cyborg, you know, and maybe. Uh... She used to be at UFC gym and was in good shape, and then she stopped going to UFC gym, and now. Mm-hmm. I know, dude. You, this is so she bad. She stopped training UFC. Basically, that's a I was at Buffalo Wild Wings and a Hispanic chick, aka oh, Tapatio. So good right She's now. like, hey, you're the guy from Amer- Good Morning America, the Ronda Rousey video. And I was like, yeah, you like UFC? And she's like, yeah, I train UFC at UFC gym. Next thing you know, now we're she's my side chick. Why did you have to say Wild Wings? Now I want to go get Hot Wings. Mm, hot wings it was actually Dave and Buster's. <laughs> you, go get oh, hot wings? you know, by the way, for my birthday, we're going to Dave and Buster's. I know, I'm bummed out because I have a wedding and it's the 30th. Uh, well, Can we well. invite uh, Josh Thompson and King Mo? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they're, they're like VIP there, right? I think they get like that card, that, that mythical card. Unlimited? We already yeah. talked about this, remember? King Mo said he paid for his. You said he paid for his kid's college education with Dave and Buster tickets because he's right. a ringer. Right. He loves Dave and Buster's. I'm gonna go there to support Bellator. How about that? We should. How about I'm that? You, we should all. Go. All right. Well, do you guys have any burning desires? Anything that you want to talk about? Or yes, I do. Funny that you should mention that, and I'm gonna get all animated. So I don't sound boring and sad. Um, the fight that I've been working on is going off Friday night. CXF. Uh, Gold Rush. We have four world titles on the You're line. You're calling that? Yeah, I'm calling that. Is this that Friday? Fight. Yeah. I'm going. Dang, I'm hanging out with this card. other top of Aaron, chip. Aaron, Damn. listen to this. Listen. I know. I want to see Cody fight, though. I'm going. Listen, hold there on. Hold on. Let me, let me as just say as, this. As long as he's... I'm going to say, cool. say a bunch of names that you guys all know. Karin Darabedian versus Joe Condon. Boom. That's a good fight. That's a grappling match. That's That's... That's like a World Series of fighting yes. type match yep. right there they both on fight a regional at, level. They That's, both fight at World yeah. Series, yeah. Alfred Kashaki against uh, Andrew Natividad. I don't like, know any of those guys. Is this a GFC fight card? Uh, no, <laughs> they're the only two Armenians that are fighting. Um, then you have Cody Bollinger versus I know, Jay I Bogan. Oh, wow. That's a good fight. For a title. For a title. Yep. Ah. Matthew Spencer versus Moses Murrieta for the 185-pound title. Matthew Dude, Spencer's I- a, Joe's, uh, a brown belt under Eddie Bravo. Can we get a T-shirt that says "Brutally Honest" by tomorrow? I got a T-shirt. Yeah, probably. Here. Yeah. I want to wear that to the show. And then check this one out. Ready for this? Dang, I should go to this fight. The Can fight I that just commentate the Cody Bollinger fight. Check this out. I'm not done yet. The fight that well, Bama couldn't pull off on two different cards. Hey, Bama. Hey, good. you don't want but Brett to sue us? Hey, no, Br- no. I he like, tried to get I, the fight, but he he couldn't pull I, it off because I like they Bama, had to cancel. So. They hey, had to cancel Brett, the event. Brett's Carry our boy. On Brett's our boy. Versus Rob Gooch. Oh, that's a good fight. That's a good fight. That's Gooch. a great fight. That's a great fight. The Flash against yeah. the Flash. By the way, um, speaking of Bama, they have a fight coming up in June, or an event coming up in June, and they have Chris Culley versus, uh, what's his name? God, I forgot. Blacked out. Another uh, uh, kickboxer. So it's a, it's a good main event. No, Bama always puts on a good show. Right. I, I was really sad that the last one got canceled, but the, the one fight from that card that was so intriguing was the... the um, Terion Ware versus Rob Gooch. And, and Wait, so am I co-commentating with you or announcing a fight? Or you already no, have... I got a co-commentator, but you can come and... and nah, maybe fuck that. I don't sideshow to anyone's bullshit. Cover the events. I'm going. Yeah, I'm well, going. yeah, well, you're not a respected commentator. I'm going to be photographing. Can he get a pass? Or isn't John Walsh the photographer at the event? No, I, I got him. I got passes. Yeah, I got your pass. 
Well, I thought there was already a photographer. Isn't Monstro the event photographer? What's a Monstro? <laughs> it's uh, he was is. the old king of the cage photographer. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's oh, is that the guy with the hat? Yeah. Monstro. Oh, okay. That guy's cool. I like that guy. He's always nice to me. Yeah, he's a cool. That guy's nice to everyone. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Hey, you remember? Have I ever told you the story about when I got kicked oh. out by the so, commission? Sorry, it's Saunders versus Cully. That's a great fight. Oh, Kareem Saunders. Yeah. Ben yeah, Saunders yeah. and Cully. Cully. That's gonna be a fucking nut. Ben Saunders. No, Chris Saunders. They, Kareem Ghazi or whatever. He used to be yeah. on the on the Ultimate Fighter. He's yep. a kickboxer. He's fought, he fought at uh, Samurai uh, Pro. Remember that one time he went? Uh, oh yeah. He's, he's fought for fighter. Lights Out Promotions Bash Boxing before too. Yeah, he's yeah. a good fighter, man. So that's gonna be uh, a war because they're both stand up fighters. So. Yeah. Uh, well. Actually, um, he has some nasty guillotines too, Saunders. Yeah, he just won by guillotine yeah, against uh, I forget it, a, a, uh, Kevin Bosick. Comes or, quick too, yeah, yeah. but Chris Cully's, hes the only fighter I've ever seen use a spinning heel kick to the thigh. That's yeah. Well, he's a Muay Thai fighter. He, like, just, he yeah. does some unique shit. Chris Cully does some unique stuff. Although the urban legend, I love that dude. Chris Cully has lost his fights by guillotine, so he's got to. I mean, I'm sure he's been yeah, training for that. His so. weakness has always been his ground, but his stand up. He he's got like that Chuck Liddell stand up where he, it's really tough to get him to the ground. So quick, yeah. so quick. Yeah. I copy a combination that I saw him use at Bama. He did the same one like half the fight. I think it was him. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but it was basically it was he would do. Straight right to the stomach, left hook to the head. Oh, yeah. Over yeah, and yeah. over yeah, again. Yeah, he does that a lot. And yeah. eventually, but one out of every five or so, it would land, and he just, when it lands, because you got to respect one of them, it's one or the other. He just would throw one after the other, boom to the belly, high to the head. Right. And you're either getting a body shot or getting drilled in the jaw. And mm. it's just so, anyways, it's just, I like that combination, even though it's basic and simple. So I, I've been, uh, I do that a lot when I'm boxing. I go, uh, like double jab to get inside, not really even to hit, but just jab, jab, and then boom, straight right to the stomach, left hook to the head. I love that combo. Dude, we are so, if you think about it, we are so blessed as spoiled. mixed martial arts yeah, guys in, in our field because of where we live. The guys like Terry on where Chris Cully, there are so many fighters that are on the cusp of the next level. Right. And right. they all compete in this pool. In our backyards, you right. know, so we get to see them. I've seen Terry on Ware fight four or five times now. You know, right. I, I I've seen Cully fight three or four times. Thor Skanky, Alfred Kashaki, and these guys are all real talented. Well, I mean, Tony Lopez, I've seen fight a bunch of times. Yeah, Tony, to look, Tony Lopez is still on the cusp. Fighters, I know. He's still on the cusp. You know what I mean? I mean, look no further than Ronda Rousey. She fought in our backyard, and yeah. then we saw her up and coming. So some of yeah, the guys. I remember interviewing. I have video of interviewing her at Tough Enough. Yeah, in her amateur days. Exactly. So, so some of these, cha- even you know, some of these champions, right? So that's that's why the, when I say that the fights on Friday night, there there could literally easily. Be four or five of these guys in the UFC within the next year. Yeah, the easily. Next, the next Robbie Lawler could be yeah. there, right? So be- because the talent pool that we're picking these guys come from, they're so deep. They're all from Gokor's gym. They're from GFC. They're from Systems Training Center. Kings MMA. Kings MMA. They're from Black House. These guys are legit. Yeah, Black House is here too, right? Badass. And then Alliance down in San Diego. Alliance. Yep. All those guys come up sometimes, you know. So it's it's a. We it's even a, have Alpha Male up north a little bit. Right, guys yeah. from Alpha Male. Alpha come, come down, down sometimes. Yep. Yep. So it's it, it's crazy. I mean. We've seen Uriah Faber and, and Danny Castillo and those guys at events, Itachi and stuff like that. We're spoiled. So as far as the world of mixed martial arts, you can come to a California regional card, and it's pretty much unlike 
any other regional card in the country. At, le- at least in my opinion, it's been my yeah, experience. Two or three organizations here that are feeders for the UFC. Some of the champions here are directly going to the UFC. So you know, like we were mentioning, Bama, you know, lights out or whatever. Yeah. And then some of the other ones, even King of the Cage. King of the Cage is out here sometimes too. We go to those. King I mean, of the I- Cage was the best spot to get interviews because. It was a local show where you could do whatever the fuck you wanted, access wise, and the corner guys. Yep, the because corner guys were always. You'd big have dudes. guys like yep. when Joe Stevenson was fighting for the title against BJ Penn. He's cornering half the guys there. Yep. Josh Barnett's cornering guys. Uh, Joker, Babalu, yep. Thomas, Joker, Dun- Thomas Denny, Thomas Joker, Denny, yeah, but just yeah, yeah. even Dominic Cruz against yep. who's that guy he corners? He's a nice guy. Oh, really good guy. I God, forgot his name. his name. He's a nice yeah. guy too. And Dominic always goes out of his way to plug him too. Well, that guy's. I mean, that guy. I forget his name, but he's really, really good. Uh, I always thought. But the he point was, is, he's going to make it the UFC. But Dominic Cruz. Um, <clears throat> God, remember Vladimir Mashenko? God, there was just so many huge names in the corner. That was the best part. Yep. Even Mark Hunt, remember in the audience before we interviewed? Well, all the guys from HB Ultimate. I mean, that was another gym that was quite big at the time. In the in the uh, Tiki goes Jenna, in. We interviewed Tito there before. And, and Tank see, Abbott. Guess, yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. the, the same. The, uh, not Brian the, Warren. Like Friday night, you, you're probably going to see Rhonda. You're probably going to see Travis Brown. Rhonda's not going to go to a local show. I mean, she's. Real close with George, the promoter, and she's close and with Karen. I'm sure too. Karen, yeah. she. I'm telling you, she goes to these shows all the time. I have pictures of her at these events. So and never one has been allegedly. On we don't know if she's gonna go. No, I've I have pictures of her at. She yeah, good luck getting. She cornered Marina Shafir twice when she fought for us. For Christ's sake, is Marina fighting tomorrow? No, she's not on the card. And so but what makes Alfred, you think that Alfred Alfred is there? one of Ronda's training partners? Is on the card. Um. One of Ronda's training partners, Alfred Kashakian, is hey, fighting. By on the way, the what's going on with that bankrupt the uh, whole thing with the uh, Edmund and uh, you know? He, I know that he has some oh, issues. I don't know. I'm not. A, you're not following. Can you make a statement on it, please? <laughs> uh, there's a bankruptcy hearing. <laughs> That's my state. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I'm not in the know. Will Edmund be cornering people at the event? Yeah, he's cornering a couple guys. And you're cool since the interview we did with Ronda's mom when you were talking shit on him. I didn't talk shit about Edmund ever. Uh, Edmund's got kind of a checkered past. He's getting sued. You know, you think Ronda should be associated with a guy like this? Where there's, they say where there's uh, uh, no. mud, there's water, whatever, blah, blah. No. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Do, do you think her name should be attached to it? No, I, I believe. I'll what, pull up the soundbite right now. Yeah, I believe what I asked was in regards to Rhonda's earnings and the possibility of Rhonda getting <laughs> investigated since she works so closely with someone getting investigated. Audits spread. That's how they happen. They spread. They go to people. So, so I, I just thought maybe there was an update to that news. I haven't heard. Oh, I, have, I, haven't I haven't followed heard, it. I, well, I thought it. It's, are I you going to get pretty a, much gone will away? Will you get by an now. interview tomorrow? I'm working. Friday, I mean? I'm working on the microphone. I'm commentating. Wow. So I'll, you're. I'll get an interview with Edmund. Oh, uh, yeah. If I can find him, yeah. You swear to God. <laughs> no, do it. You swear to God, you'll do it. Do it. Wear your troll shirt too. <laughs> no, will you really do it? After we just released that video where Edmund's saying how I'm a shitty sparring partner and Manny beats me up. Did yeah. you see that video? Awesome. It's yeah. awesome. No, yeah. but seriously, so I saw Manny the other night at uh, Cold Dude, Manny's cool, so. Yeah. So you and Edmund are cool now? I've never had a problem with Edmund. I know, I'm playing. You're the biggest GFC mark ever met in my fucking life. I'm not a mark to anybody. You wore a shirt, and then when Travis Bound kept poking Mitch in the eye, you're like, that's how GFC does, baby. That's how, as you would say, that's how they do's. And you were saying you don't spin if you want to win. So who else is a mark? You were quoting Eddie himself. So I was trolling. I was quoting the troll account. No, 
There's no such thing. How, how dare you, sir? Okay, so what else is going on? No, guys? but you, you guys should totally come Friday night. It's going to be electric. I know. Event. I want to do it. I have a wedding Saturday, but I kind of want to. And I'm supposed to hang out with some Hispanic chick on Friday night, to be honest. <clears throat> well, there, you go. there we go. So, uh, so we're going. I'll see you there, buddy. Damn, I want to go, oh, but too late. Spanish oh. chick wins. I know. She's a California four and a half. Ooh, that's good. No, she's like a California. It's like a New Hampshire you two might wanna, and a two. You might, you might wanna. No, she's a New Hampshire eight. <laughs> New Hampshire eight. She's a California three ish, maybe. New Hampshire two and a two. <laughs> if she's a Cal, she's a. Where, where's a good place with sexy people in Florida? She's a Miami club scene. She's a Sheboygan 11. She's a Miami club scene one and a half, but she's fun to hang out with. Oh, my God. So you're going to let a one and a half take you away from... Are you going to do the A California of, one and a half. Are you going to do the Tapatio? Like, are you going to ask her for Tapatio? She just bring a no, jar with you. No, she's... No, I don't want. No, <laughs> she wore a Tapatio shirt. Hey, what did you guys think about that? I, think train I told wreck? her that story even. Real, real quick, we didn't, we didn't really talk about it. What did you guys think about Kimbo getting a slice after, uh, getting a fight after getting a slice <laughs> after testing positive for steroids? I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I don't care. I don't give a it's shit. It's a freak show. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's fucking. Uh, who, look, put it this way, dude. Thompson's probably gonna beat him anyway. Yeah, they're all they're all on steroids, right? You think Thompson's clean? <laughs> I just it it just really. <laughs> It, like I like I oh, said, the quadros. On the, oh, like she's trying to get Thompson. Like I said, show. the quadros. He's a cool guy. It really bothers me that I don't know if you're gonna be able to translate. You can't understand a word he says. Yeah, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> He's crazy, that dude. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm such a big fan though. I we love were, losses. We were at the Bellator but, but press conference, and he started like pulling like a WWE promo on Bobby <laughs> Lashley. And nobody knew he, what he was doing. So someone was like, oh, yeah, so what do you think about Bobby Lashley? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really into talking smack about WWE promos. but And then all of a sudden he went, Bobby! And he slammed the table and the entire press room jumped. Like everybody was like, oh, He's a shit. big fucking guy, man. <laughs> and remember what Kimbo said the problem was against Dada? Is that Dada was 265 pounds and was too big, too much weight. Thompson's bigger than Dada. Is he? Yeah, but Thompson's yeah. not Thompson, gonna have a heart was, attack in the cage. Wasn't didn't Thompson have him in a crucifix and hit him like forty times and they didn't stop the fight? Isn't that the fight? And I, then Kimbo busted his ear on the stand up. Look, guys, you, remember Jared Scala stop. was in the background oh. screaming, "Stand him up, stand him up!" You guys are trolling me. Dude, no, I'm not. A guy almost died in a fight where the other fighter was on performance enhancing drugs, and so nobody's what? mentioning that. Who cares? Like, what happens if he does die? I, I, I think. I think that. By the way, I think nothing Kimbo did would have changed the fact that he died in the cage. I know, but still, I, I think that he did that to himself. But still, Let's be honest. we're one step away from our whole entire industry being questioned on a global level. Well, no, 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 stupid idiots. Because that was a mistake on Dada. I don't and the commission yeah. because I, of those I, stupid be, idiots. No, all on. three of them. It yes. has nothing to do with Kimbo. It all has nothing to do. It's it, because of the Texas Commission. Yeah. Yeah, to they, they put the uh, substance in Kimbo's body, right? <laughs> no, they allowed, they allowed the fight to take place. Yeah, they're, they're a joke. And then they sus- their performance-enhancing drug suspension in Las Vegas is two years. days, that's pretty stiff. Two years. He got 90 days. <laughs> How did he get 90 days? Kimbo? For yeah. Texas for testing positive for PEDs. He's got 90 days? 90 yeah, days. 90 that's whole beautiful. Days. Dude, and Scott Coker was on ESPN, and you could just see the freaking troll horns growing. They asked him about it, and he's like... Yeah, you know, we don't self-regulate like yeah, the USC. Don't. That's what so Dana says. We we just we rely on the commission, That's and the commission what, punished them. So no, this is the best part. So <laughs> now they're doing the fight in the O2 Arena in London, and as everyone knows, when the UFC goes to London, the UFC does their own drug testing right. because the commission in London doesn't do drug testing. 
So basically, the guy it's just James got, Thompson and Kimbo. Are you? I know, potato? I know, but, but it's still the UFC does the same sport, thing in Australia. Man. In Australia, like you don't think that, that's why Vitor always fights in Australia or Brazil. I mean, there's there's no re, there's a reason why that and, happens. And, and this is another thing. The the most memorable matchup that I can think of, I think, is what Scott Coker said. This fight did seven million the first time. Watch ready prediction. Less than one million views. I disagree. Less than one million I views. You're so wrong. I, I think th- the world's done with Kimbo. I think. I think you're Ki- so wrong. I Kimbo think, has the most loyal fan base on right. earth. I, I think they're done. I think the Kimbo's fact, a man. One point four at most, maybe. The fact that. Kim- oh yeah, now he's going. He goes from less than a million to now four hundred thousand over a million at most. Come well, on. okay. No, one no, point. You said under a million. million, said under okay, million. Okay, yeah, I'll stick with that. Under a million. I don't think it's going to produce. You don't get these two, three first time all, rubber band crap like I didn't get. First of all, Spike makes a huge mistake that with Bellator that they don't do that they didn't do with the UFC during. Live events, and you guys will remember this. During live UFC events on Spike TV, it was simulcast. It was six o'clock in in, in uh, New York, nine o'clock in California. It wasn't a tape delay. Every, vice versa, or, or vice versa. I apologize. Every single yeah, tape right. delay. I know I can't stand for it Bellator. I have Spike who, TV. I pay we for never it, but watch I bootleg it. it on the damn computer. We never watch it. We bootleg it. Yeah, because, because we I can't. Watch what, it Bellator? Yeah, Bellator. Yeah, because no, I watch it live. No, how? We, you wait the three hours of not going online and seeing who won the fights? Yeah. I don't. It's I stupid. Will, you're, you know what I do? I usually the watch the scrambled bootleg on my computer. Same then I thing. watch the regular after. Oh, if you have direct TV, you can watch it live. Yeah. I know, but I have Time Warner. They used to, on Spike TV, the, the, the way Viacom used to handle the UFC is they simulcasted. Everything would be at one time in the, in the East and one time in the West. Ultimate Fighter and stuff like that would be on at the same time. That would be differential. But a live event is a live event, and you remember they I would even I wonder, do uh, the, sp- the spike stream. I wonder if you can watch it through. The no, website. you can't. And and remember they used to do on. Um, uh, they only do sure? the prelims. They only do the they prelims. Stream the prelims. And and they used to even do for the Ultimate Fighter, because the Ultimate Fighter would be nine o'clock in the in the West, six o'clock in the East, or whatever, or vice versa. When they would do a live show on the Ultimate Fighter, that would be simulcast. So that would be live at East, live at West at the same time at two different times. That was smart. That's the best way to do it. In the world of the internet, nobody waits. You and I talk about this all the time. These fights need to be simulcast. And you're going to put it in London with a, with a tape delay now? It's brilliant. I think it's awesome. I don't no, think it's, so. it's ridiculous. It's like you said. It's like Dana White says. Once the fight's over, it's worth, it's worth nothing. It, it, right? The second after the, fight hap- the knockout happens, yep. it's meaningless. To me, this is a fight that was made by somebody in a boardroom. And he sold it to everybody, and Scott Coker had to buy into it. Well, it wasn't Scott Coker's choice. It was before that. I'm sure what's-his-name was doing it before Scott Coker was Well, I know for a fact that that before Bjorn Rebney was out. Bjorn, yeah, yeah. That Bjorn didn't want to have Kimbo really in Bellator, and Viacom was pushing Bellator on Kimbo. Because Bjorn wanted to push the tournaments. He wanted to find the next great fighter, and he knew that Bellator... Kimbo yeah, but he fucked over man. all those veteran fighters. All those veteran fighters hate him. Look, we just talk, we just talked to one of the guys who hated Bjorn the most, King Mo, right? He and he, he fucked them all. Rampage, all those guys got allegedly. Off of, allegedly, yeah. Well, and Rampage hates Dana White. Rampage hates every promoter. That oh, I didn't want to bring against. that up, but yeah. But wait, Rampage is back in Bellator. And yeah. was, who's he fighting? Again? I'm not saying. I don't know. He's yeah. probably gonna fight the open weight tournament. I'm not saying that oh, Bjorn Rebney did everything right. I'm, I'm sure he made a lot of mistakes, and a lot of people, like you said, didn't like him. So, um, Including Chandler, even his own champion. Wait, hold on. Isn't Rampage shit about fighting Ishii? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sata Oshii Ishii? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> What's wrong with him? He's an Olympic guy. Yeah, but why, is he, why are they going to fight in Japan when 
Ishii lives in California and is training like Kings of MMA. Because he, cause he's a, they're big fans of Ishii on Japan. He's a, he's a, you know how Japanese uh, yeah, fans are? Yeah, but Rampage are? is going to knock him out. Japanese fans <laughs> love, obviously, just like Americans. They Rampage love, is going to knock he, his head off. Just like he's supposed to. It's a win-win because the Japanese fighters Ishii's are just Japanese fans. getting a big paycheck. It's crazy. Did you see he's the Gabby Fedor. Garcia fight? Oh, yeah, beautiful. that was clean. It's beautiful. God. <laughs> Gabby's ground game was something of master. Like butter. Piece. She just... She, butter. Oh, my God. When she gets in full mount, there's yeah. nothing you can do. So she's not at King's MMA anymore, huh? No, she's with... She's always with the Alliance. She, no, no, she's... No, she's not with the Alliance. She's with King's. No, no she wore I, Alliance. No, she's with uh, Classic Fight Team now. No, she's not. Yes. She's with Classic Fight Team now. Well, she... Okay, here's what happened. Here's what oh, happened. Oh, what's the lowdown? <sighs> okay. Machida, before Machida pissed hot, Machida was supposed to fight on the same night as Ryzen. So Cordero was committed to go to Orlando. So he wasn't going to be able to go like he did last time. So Babalu, uh, right. Babalu cornered her, and so did Dita. Well, Babalu's their manager, I think. Or well, something. but Babalu and Dita both cornered her. Right, right. So right. Dita's from, is it Evolution? What's the name of t- his team? Uh, yeah, Evolution, yeah. Yeah, so there was no one from... But but she was training and doing mitt work and training boxing with Tyler at Classic Fight Team. What's up, Tyler Wombles, our boy? He's yeah, the head trainer. At oh, we gotta Classic. get Tyler on here, dude. That, I know he trains Tony Ferguson. That's oh, a real good Raymond fight Daniels. Team. Yeah. Yeah. The guy I call the fights with, Kevin way, Widows. He's a he's turning pro this year. Uh, he's a real talented kid, and he trains under Tyler. Well, I have to ask Tyler if he's still training uh, Kukui because I'm not thinking they're they're. Something happened, I think. I think something's something south because uh, they're not. Uh, I don't see him cornering. I don't Tyler's see Tyler's name is in, uh, been in MMA for a long time, man. That guy's that guy's well known. He's he knows his stuff. Well, yeah, he, well he's a black butter in Cordero. Yeah, so. Babalu. Tyler. Yeah. Are you sure? He got his black belt under Babalu. Are you sure? Babalu. I'm a hundred percent sure. No, I think he got it from Cordero before they he left Cordero's. Uh, well, we'll have to we'll ask him. Let's bring him on the air. We'll bring I him was on. filming the. I filmed when he got it. Uh oh, he's uh, got proof. Oh, You're wrong. You was it was he point black or black, black black? Is there a difference between dark blue and black? Of course there is. You know that shit. I know. Fuck. You know my eyes aren't good. Yeah. Is it blue black or black blue? Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. It was point. It was it's point black. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, it was black. It was black. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like Tyler. He's a, good, he's a cool guy, super humble, and uh, you know we've known him for quite a bit. One actually. time, like five, like five, six years ago, at practice at Kings of MMA, him and his brother were in class, and I went against super his brother, and his and I beat, I whooped his brother's ass. I double legged him, I grounded pounded him out, and I was like, holy shit, this is the best I've ever done in my life. Everyone's like, whoa, Aaron, great job, and I was kind of bragging a little bit, and Tyler goes. Oh, my brother just broke up with his girlfriend, and like he's having the worst day of his life, and isn't even trying. He didn't give a fuck. He'll whoop your ass. And I was like, "What?" So then a few next week we sparred again, and I was like, "I'm gonna light this guy up." He must have heard from Tyler or remembered what happened. <laughs> he beat the fucking shit out of me. He beat the shit out of me. And Tyler's like, afterwards, Tyler's like, "I told you, dude." <laughs> yeah, Tyler's a real tough guy. He's he's from the old school uh, Rafael Cordell's, you know, shooter box style. So. All right. All right, cool. All right, well, thanks a lot for listening, guys. This has been an incredible episode with the Fight Professor, with King Mo, breaking news, supposedly, allegedly, he's in the Openweight Tournament, for my co-host, who is one of the co-stars of the hit show Kingdom on Shut DirecTV. Up. Oh, don't forget to do the fight picks, man. Go online and do our fight picks with us. Yeah, and we'll send you a prize. We really will. Yeah. All right, so for... Anything you're promoting there? No, I don't promote Yeah, you are. Show. You're promoting the show. Follow us. Oh, I, I just have two things to say. Sound, subscribe. Oh, two things. Okay. Two things. One thing, 
is follow me on Instagram. I'm signal.media. Follow me there. Second thing, if you're in Downey or in that neck of the woods, there's a, a gym that I'm, I'm, I'm helping out. It's King Cobra MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, good gym, fun times. I'm there. Do they have King Cobras? Uh, no. They don't so have just can I come train one time? They, you know what they do, but it's, it's the 40s, the, 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 you know, the, the drink. They have that. Nice. Damn. All right. Well, for my co-host, the star of the hit show Shut Kingdom, up. Jonathan King, <laughs> for the Mad Hatter, Adrian Gallegos, you know me. Oh, I'm Aaron True. So cool. We'll see you next time from the Bruliana Show. We're out. Happy 420. Hey, but let me